0: Welcome to episode 100 of the Grunge Bible Podcast. My name is Chris Salona, and I am joined by Ethan Shalloway, as always, and we are very, very excited to be here with you today. Ethan, how are you on this momentous occasion, episode 100? Chris, I'm
1: fantastic, man. Energy levels are high. Just had my cup of coffee, Yep. Um, got my water. I'm all set up. And I'm 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 really fired up, you know. I really am. This is going to be a fun episode. I had a lot of time, I had a lot of fun um, thinking about this, doing this with you. Probably uh, most prep for an episode we've ever done, right? Because we couldn't we couldn't slouch on this one. Yeah, this is I, episode 100.
0: Yes, exactly. All of this the is, stops had to come out, and we. It's a good chance to apply all of the wisdom that we've gained along the way from one to 99, uh, and it's all on display right. today. This is it. Yeah. This is who we are now as a podcast. So um, yes. So to commemorate episode 100, uh, we decided that it was officially time to, you know, dispense with everything that we know. And we compiled our top 100 songs from the grunge era for this podcast for episode 100. And today's the Boom. day that we get to Here present we it to you. And this has been a really exciting uh, opportunity for us to explore the genre, um, kind of on a macro scale, uh, and also just to, you know, spend some time with, with bands that you don't always spend time with and really see what they have and and try to present a holistic view of this genre that we know and love so well.
1: Yeah, a lot of people have you know. You listen to radio, and a lot of people have lists. A lot of lot, people love making lists. People and, do love um, lists. And a lot of times, you see the list, and you go like, "Oh, how is that not there? How is how is that not higher?" And you know, the response is the same. Make your own list. So that's exactly, exactly what we did. This is our list. Um, there's a lot of. Objectivity, subjectivity—you know what I mean. It, it has it all. It, it has it's our what we consider on it. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. So there is. Um. There, it was a lot of fun, like you said, taking a look at the scene in a macro sense. Um. It was it was really fun. I mean, like I, I had a really good time uh, prepping for this. This is a good. This was a good one. So, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this episode.
0: Yes, I I really am too. This was a lot of fun, and uh, we're really excited to get to it. Um, but you know, we've made it to a hundred episodes, uh, which you know I, we we kid all of the time about this podcast and about how you know our skills are bullshit or how the the podcast itself is you know insignificant but this is this is very significant and and we're really proud um that we've made it to 100 episodes i mean it, the, there's no, no misses. there's no flukes when you get to 100 um i mean that's that's a big number and you know we wouldn't have gotten to 10 had it not been for the support that we've gotten from everybody that listens so um, you know, for everybody along the way from when we started this podcast back in March of 2021 um to now to episode 100. I mean, anybody who's tuned in, who's left a comment, who's subscribed, who's shared it with a friend, who's talked about it with somebody, um, you know, we're really really thankful for that. Um, and as we're especially thankful for the people that have decided to throw their financial backing behind this podcast. Um, You know, obviously this has been a long process and we've been doing this a while and it takes money to do this, as you well know. So I would love to thank our top level Patreon supporters, um, you know, for all of their support uh, along the way. And there's a lot of these people who I'm about to list that have been with us for damn near all 100 episodes, which really means a lot to me. Um, And I'm really grateful and I'm humbled, you know, that people choose and have continued to choose to spend their time with us throughout the week. Um, that really means a lot. So, this time I would like to thank our top level supporters Christine Shepard, Alex Long, Black Hole Sean, Alexis Shannon, The Blue Owl, Eddie vetter got me through my second divorce, Doug Endy, Kara Kay, Captain Hightop, Brother Nature, Faith Bittner, Fuck Soup, Fresh Tendonitis, Granny Grunge, Jade Mercado, our number one fan from Australia, Chris LSMS, Carlene Salona. Jamie Lynn, Laura Nyrene, Marianne, Millie, Nikki Six, Rachel Corning, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Shoe the Shoeless, and What the Fuck's Up Denny's. Thank you one and all. And in addition to our top level supporters, uh, we do have a new supporter at the $5 level joining us this week, uh, finally hopped on board at episode 100, and there's no better time Uh, So we would like to thank Julie for choosing to uh, join the Patreon at the $5 level, which will continue to sustain this podcast for the next 100 episodes, which, you know, it starts next week, 101 to 200. We like lists. We'll list them out. I would say we have to do
1: a top 200 for the uh, 200th episode. See, the work only gets
0: more difficult.
1: Oh, my gosh. We can do it, you know. So we started this uh, preparation with like 257 songs or whatever. We put Maybe. a, we pretty much put anything that may have a chance, and then we whittled it all the way down to 100. And it was tough. We made some tough cuts. We're not mm-hmm. going to go too deep into what was not on the list. That's for you guys to uh, kind of figure out and and complain to us about. So, 100%. Um, but it was. Um, yeah, dude, it was really good. I'm. This is gonna be. This is gonna be really solid. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely. right. The, the support has really fueled this thing. Um, you know, couldn't do it without the support. 100 episodes, top 100. This is a good
0: one. Yeah, it feels right. So, you know, with with this list, um, we spoke about it at the top of the episode. Um, Grunge is a hard thing to define. So uh, I I think before we get into the list, it's important that we kind of discuss the methodology that we have behind this list, um, because I think, you know, you could ask a hundred different people what grunge is, and they'll have a hundred different definitions. There's bands that some people think are grunge, some people don't think are grunge, Um, you know, so first and foremost with this list we tried to um you know stick with what our sense is of what grunge is um in a sense so you know as it relates to the scene as it relates to uh you know seattle the pacific northwest um kind of what was going on at that time musically um so there are a lot of bands that other people may include in this era um there are a lot of bands maybe on our list that many people may not include in this era, but, you know, we really tried to be consistent with, um, you know, with the bands that we chose and the era that we chose them from. So, uh, you know, other different guidelines that we had. So uh, nice, easy rule, nothing after the year 2000. So if it came out in 1999 or before, it was fair game. Um, so for that purpose, you won't find any uh, newer Pearl Jam or Alice or Soundgarden or anything of the like, newer Foo Fighters, you know, Queens, whatever, what have you. Um, those won't be on this list. Additionally, we made the difficult call to uh, not include a lot of the solo material from a lot of these artists. And coming from me, the big Mark Lanigan fan that I am. Um, it was hard, um, but I just felt like a lot of the solo stuff didn't really fit in this list, uh, comparative to what we were trying to do with this list. So, um, you won't find, um, nearly any solo content here. Um, you know, also with this list, we, we really wanted to get a good sense of the genre and the era as a whole. So we did pay attention to having, um, a wider mix of bands uh, than, you know, you may think are the top songs, for instance. So, um, you know, it would be really easy to go on this list and just completely fill it out with the big four, you know, with Alice, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, um, you know, but we really tried to get songs that fill in, you know, the the entirety of the picture. Um, so I think yeah. we did a good job with that. I really like this list. Um, and also it goes without saying this is our list. This is Chris and Ethan's list. This is Grunge Bible's list. So yeah. with that comes the understanding that there are going to be some various quirks uh, and features of this list that, you know, these are our fingerprints. So there's some songs that are gonna come up that if you don't know us, uh, you are going to stop listening to uh, once we talk about them. But this is our list. And you know, like you yeah. said, Ethan, if a lot of people make lists, we made ours. Uh, you can make yours if you would like to right. do so. That's, yeah, I think that's the way we have
1: it. A few, yeah, like a few notables. We didn't include Rage Against the Machine or right. Audio Slave, and I'm sure a lot of people would include or want to hear those on the list. No mm-hmm. Tool, and right. we have a few. There's a few that we let we let one song or two in. Mm-hmm. Um, like we only have one Foo, Foo Fighter song, and that was right. that's under uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. But I also, it's important that we have one. So mm-hmm. um, see if you can figure out what song we put right. on.
0: This is where the subjectivity comes into it too, because you know, as we were talking, we were making this list. It can be a slippery slope. Um yeah. It's like, okay, so you let in uh, a tool song, and the next thing you know, you have rage, and then because rage, and you, you know, you have to do Audio Slave, and the next thing you know, you have Jane's Addiction, Porno for Pyros, uh, and it just continues. And you know, grunge really isn't a, isn't a genre; it's a term. So you know, we tried to define it, and and this and is it- this is what we've come up with. Yeah, and it's it's fun because this has
1: been a you know, since we started the page, it was the big four and then we had to branch out and it's and people talk about the genre and who who applies all the time and, and if it fits on the page in a way. So um, this is our yeah, this is what I guess we consider to be grunge. This is it, you know what I mean? Exactly. This is our final this is the
0: final verdict. Yeah, this is it. This is our magnum opus. So this is I think everything it's, we've worked for I, I think it's time <laughs>
1: to start this thing off
0: Chris yeah I think so I think so yeah this is great so yeah we've spoken about it long enough uh you know we've we've uh yeah let's let's just get into it so drumroll please yes so (laughs) the number 100 on our list We're going to start off with Touch, Peel, and Stand by Days of the New uh, from the 1997 eponymous debut album. Uh, I thought this song was important to include um, because it really builds on the sonic style, I think, that the genre established in the early 90s. And Travis Meeks, incredible vocalist, incredible guitarist. I mean, you have that really heavy, uh, detuned acoustic guitar that is really notable for Days of the New, uh, and I felt like it was important to represent them on this list.
1: Yep, a really solid song that gets recommended or requested a lot. Um, And just fits the sound and the style
0: that the 90s
1: kind of brewed.
0: And uh, it had to make the list. Absolutely. Number 99, with respect to our friend Taylor Barry. We have Big Rock Show by Sweetwater from 1993, the Super Friends album. Uh, This harkens back to our days as Sweetwater Bible. I think Sweetwater, great band from Seattle. Um, Kind of more alternative than a lot of what you will find on this list, but um, Sweetwater were a great band, and it's important to have bands like Sweetwater on this list because, like I said, it really illuminates the diversity of this era.
1: Yep, this is a uh this is a 90s summer hit. This is something that oh, you, yeah. that finds its way on the playlist when you're in the summer and uh that's important to me. I think it was it's just one that you want to
0: have on these type of lists. I totally agree. <laughs> so moving up to number 98, we have The Scratch from Seven Year Bitch. Uh, this is from the 1994 album Viva Zapata. Uh, Seven Year Bitch, um, you know, Stephanie Sargent was in the band previous to this album. But, you know, I'm really drawn to Celine Vigil's really distinct uh, vocals, especially on this track. I mean, she had that that vocal growl, I think, that a lot of people associate with the era. Um, and, you know, this was a great band. Uh, you know, women in music were doing their thing back then and i think it's important uh and this is a great song Mm -hmm.
1: yep really hit it hit the nail on the head
0: just a solid a solid rock song again Mm -hmm. absolutely so moving on up to number 97 the 97th song on our list we have violet by hole from live through this lived through this, which came out in 1994. And, you know, what can you say about whole um, it's hard for us to post Hole on the page because so many people just come in and say absolutely horrible things about Courtney love and they all become conspiracy theorists, but it's important. This is our space and you can't talk back to us right now. And we have to talk about whole. Um, I think, you know, Courtney love is important for this scene for many, many reasons. Um, most, Importantly, I think because of the music that she created and lived through this is a fantastic album. And I think it's an essential listen uh, yeah. for the era.
1: Yeah. This one I could see being a lot higher on the list like mm-hmm. this. And, you know, sometimes we have a lot of the big four up there and stuff. And right. and you could easily, it's tough to compare, say, like, you know, an Alice in Chains and a Pearl Jam. They have so many hits and they were right. just so much bigger. Then you have a band like this. I, re, I feel like this could be, this could easily make its way into, you know, top 75 or something. But there's so many songs. And we I think that when it came down to making the list and actually putting them uh, putting them in order, um, the big four and those, some songs just had a little bit more meaning to us yeah. but this one could easily be
0: moved up 100 and and we'll find as we go throughout the list as you listen you, awesome. you know, you, you'll you have the reaction that oh my god this song is only number 81 this should be so much higher or wow this song's high like i i figure it should be down but it is it's hard this is this is difficult uh to rank all of these and it's hard to be objective about something that is so uh, subjective uh like music like like music taste but um i i think uh it's important, uh, you know, to kind of make these lists and, you know, people maybe learn something about uh, songs that they might not have considered. Um, so speaking of songs that you may not consider for this list, the number 96 song on our list from 1997's My Own Prison, we have My Own Prison by Creed. And you, you guys, if you're listening, if you know anything about us, you knew this was coming. Um in a, similar, in a similar vein, uh, you know, not, not to be facetious, I think it's important. Post-grunge, uh, you know, it's post-grunge. It, it, it built on it, just like we were talking about with Days of the New. Um, you know, if you love it or hate it, uh, people talk about Creed, and it's a part of the era, in my opinion. There, I yep. said it.
1: Yep, I, lo- I love the lyrics to this one. Obviously, is, court is in session, a verdict is in. Yep. I mean, um,
0: this is a banger. This one yeah. this
1: one totally is worthy
0: of yes. I mean at least the 96 spot mm-hmm. so. And there is no appeal on the docket today when it comes to this list. All rulings are final. Moving on up to number 95 on our top 100 list, we have Buttercup by Brad from the 1993 album Shane. Um, Brad, I think, is one of those bands that we'll talk about today um, that people need to spend more time with. They were incredible musicians, you know, Stone Gossard being a part of Brad and Sean Smith, um, a Seattle institution, um, such an incredible artist, and Buttercup is a softer tune that I think really showcases the complexity that he had to his voice and to his delivery. So um, it is important, and I'm I'm very happy that we have that on our list.
1: Yeah, this song
0: has a lot of, like, the, the Mad
1: Season, Mother Love Bone type of... It's like a slow grunge anthem that, you know, is what you think of with, like, kind of the earlier stuff of the genre. And it's just... Um, Yeah, it has that feel. It is a really, really solid song and uh, totally worthy of being on this list. This is a good
0: choice. It's that toned down aspect of Seattle that I think is just as important as the big, loud in your face anthemic aspect. So, um, you know, that's a song, like we said, you know, to illuminate the diversity of the era. um, And Brad was certainly a huge part of that. Um, Next up, number 94. um, Once again, if you know us, this song had to be represented. We made it. We made an exception because there's a lot of bands like this that we could have included, but we didn't. Uh, so for number 94, we have John the Fisherman by Primus, um, specifically the version that appeared on Frizzle Fry. Uh, you know, this is our favorite Primus song. So it has to be here. You know, I know Primus sucks, but this is the Grunge Bible list. And what is Grunge Bible without the occasional Primus reference?
1: Yeah, another one that gets people loved requesting this band and we finally went to went to them and uh, yeah, it's it it fits the list. It needs it needs to be mentioned, it needs to be there. Mm-hmm. That's why it's that's why it's
0: between, you know, ninety and hundred though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when it comes to the grunge era, I think it's hard because there's punk elements, there's metal elements, and grunge occurs somewhere in the middle between the combination of those two. This next song, number 93, is definitely more on the metal side, takes a lot of metal influence, and while not being a Seattle band, uh, we have chosen pause jesse from their 1993 dragline album and paw hails from lawrence kansas uh rock chalk for anybody out there um you've got mark Hennessy on the vocals and this song is a heavy heavy song and you know this is the opposite side of the spectrum of uh buttercup by brad you know this is the in your face part of the early 90s sound um you know the quote-unquote grunge sound that uh you know we all love and Paw is a great band. Dragline, fantastic album. If you haven't spent much time with it, yeah,
1: yep. All you gotta say is Jesse, you're a good dog. Such a good dog. <laughs> That's all you gotta say. <laughs> That's all you gotta say, man. What a trance.
0: This is yeah. this is a hit. Uh, yeah, a hit's a hit. So a hits speak- a hit. Speaking of hits, number 92 from 1994's 16 Stone, we have Machine Head by Bush. Um, You know, for a long time, we didn't post about Bush, and we didn't really consider them to be a part of what was going on, but I think as time has gone on, um, you know, Bush has their place. Gavin Rossdale, fantastic. You know, you can call Bush whatever you want, but the fact of the matter is they made good music, and it was significant for the era, and Machine Head, you know, was one of their biggest hits, so... Um, no doubt it's definitely a top 100
1: yeah um, these this, I think this one top uh, charted like number 43 in the top 196 I mean mm-hmm. 16 stone was a massive hit I think it was yeah. like six time multi platinum I mean yeah. they were a big band you can't you can't ignore them uh, they had their stamp on the genre and people mm-hmm. love Gavin so like uh, exactly
0: yeah, yeah so we're there's happy, a, there's we're happy a few present
1: him there's a few lists that have these guys a little bit higher right. Um I'm a big, I'm a big Bush guy. I'm a big Bush I, I know, guy. I know you me are. And Drew, me and Drew are. So yeah. Drew will be happy to see this one on. Absolutely. And Drew's dad. Drew's dad, Bill, loves this song.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> He's yeah. a big machine head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Aren't we all? I think we can all get into that mindset. Um, so you know, we're up to number 91 right now, and some of you may be asking, what about Scott? Well, ask no longer, because the number 91 song is Sex Type Thing from the Stone Temple Pilots from their debut album, Core. Uh, This song was also released as a single in January of 1993 and uh, sex type thing, you know, it's quintessential stone temple pilots, you know, Scott was really diverse throughout his career. I mean, he could, he could hit you hard, like with a song like this, and he could also bring it down as we'll talk about later on, but um, sex type thing, um, this one, I could definitely, I I could, I I feel like it could certainly be higher, but um, the fact that it's here um, is a compliment all its own. You know, certainly yeah. because there's a lot of songs that could be number ninety-one. There's a lot of songs that could be on this list that didn't make it, but yeah. we're happy to have sex-type thing here.
1: Yep, quintessential Stone Temple Pilots right here. Um, just a good rocker. Um, you yeah. know, Scott's the man, and uh, yeah, he's got to be on here. Right on. So that was a, that was ninety one through hundred right there. How are we feeling, Chris? Get the I, get the I first feel pretty good. Out of way. Yeah,
0: I think we got a good cadence to this, and uh, I, I hope uh, you know. I'm excited to to have discussions about the next uh, the next several dozen songs. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So coming in at ninety, this one is, um,
1: you know, this band is definitely needs to be represented. A big influence. A lot of people like them. Uh, you've seen them live, so you probably. I don't know if they played this one, but. Uh, then coming in, in ninety is Boris by the Melvins, uh coming off the nineteen ninety-one album uh Bullhead. And man, what a sludge fest, what a drive. Uh yeah. we fell in love with the song in um it was a performance, I think in like twenty fourteen, he was a little bit older. They played in like mm-hmm. a record store and it was just it was almost like an it was this is such a heavy song that he just like played kind of acoustic and we just like loved it. Mm-hmm. So it, this one may not be on some other people's list for their favorite Melvin song, but we wanted it
0: there. Yeah, I'll tell you what Buzz and Dale Crover could do together uh and the noise that those two especially in the band could create um is otherworldly um and it is not from the world above, you know. This is heavy. This is hard. Um and, you know, say what you will about Buzz's uh eccentricities if you will, but you know, he's such a fantastic artist and um uh, you know, he needs to be here. So, that's what we've got. Coming in at number eighty-nine,
1: we have Crazy Love by Gruntrunk, a uh, nineteen ninety-two release from the Push album. Seattle band. Um, you know this one's this one's good. This just has like your your Soundgarden feels. Obviously, a lot of these guys um, played in some other bands, and and just um, a really solid grunge hit that I could see. You know, an early an early one that I could see
0: um, get yeah. a lot of love by the diehards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in terms of the era, grunt truck is one that I, I, I haven't, I haven't spent as much time with as I need to, and as they deserve. I mean, you talk about grunt truck, obviously in the skin yard vein with Ben McMillan. And I think Ben McMillan is really one of the underrated, um, vocalists and, uh, you know, musicians of the era. I mean, he had a hell of a voice and, um, you know, it's, it, it, we, we always forget how competitive this era was. You know, if you put a record out from Seattle in 91, 92, 93, I mean, you've got your work cut out for you to to get the attention of people outside of the outside of the area. So, um, this is one that, you know, we could use our platform to share Gruntruck truck with more people and and hopefully they can listen. Yeah. I think people are going to like that,
1: uh, like that addition. So coming at number 88, we have our first big four song. If you don't count STP, we have something in the way by Nirvana coming off the 91 nevermind album. And, uh, this song we had on the list, we like this song a lot. Um, there's a ton of Nirvana hits that could be on this list. And this song we felt needed uh, needed its place. Um, it has the, the slower, eerie side of I think the genre that we've talked about. and there's a few bands that like we just had to include uh, their their slow, their ballad, their kind of slow, eerie thing. And, and this is that. I mean, this is a really, really solid, kind of like eerie song,
0: as you say. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people out there, I think this is the first song that people would be like, how is this only number 88? But I think you have to think of it in terms of this is number 88 because Nirvana has so many incredible songs um, that we feel are more representative of who they were as as a band. Um, But this one, you know, certainly it still persists even in pop culture. Uh, You know, newer generations are discovering this song um and it is one that is essential to nirvana's legacy coming in at 87 we have
1: calm down by bush from the 16 stone album again it's a lot of 16 Stone coming we have
0: out. bush is leading the ranks right now yeah and i could see you know
1: this one uh you were hesitant and i remember getting a text and say you know this song slaps actually so i i could see this one be a little bit higher for sure um yeah. It's just, it's just a really solid, another really solid song. And I think it, it displays the vocals and the band's ability to to jam. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a good one. The whole album is really solid.
0: Yeah, really, really solid album. This one in particular is my favorite from the album. I've just been really fixated on the guitar tone that they have in the intro. Um, and right after the chorus, it's just really, really abrasive. And it's fantastic. So Bush, number two for, from Bush, checking in at 87. I like that. Alright, coming in at number
1: 86, we have our friends from Down Under, Silver Chair with Israel's Son. Um, this is off their Frog Stomp album and a single that released, one of their singles that released in 95. And um, I I fell in love with the song because of the intro and the really heavy, obviously, bass intro. And then mm. it literally sounds like, I don't know what a frog stomp is, but it sounds like you're stomping around. Like it has that drudge
0: to it totally. that we... That, you know, we're all suckers for, basically. hundred um, percent. My one comment about this, Ethan, did you know that they were just 15? Oh, no, Chris, I actually, I, I have never heard that before. That's <laughs> this is the
1: first unreal. I've heard
0: of it. Yeah. Yep. Grunge Bible absolutely considers silver chair to be grunge. End of discussion. Right.
1: Number 84, our first big, f- I'm sorry, I already no. said that. Our yeah, first Soundgarden song. Did I skip no. one? Oh, yeah, shit. You skipped 85. <laughs> Let me reset. Let me reset. Yeah, can't skip reset. this one.
0: You settle um, yourself on the mound.
1: I will. Uh, I guess I have a remark of why I may have skipped this. But 85, we have Bullet with Butterfly Wings by Smashing Pumpkins come off their 95 album. Um, Melancholy. And um, I don't know. This song, to me, is not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, pumpkin song, and mm-hmm. but it is such a hit and really important. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's why it comes in at 85 and we have some more of the, the other stuff above it. Um, what are your thoughts on
0: Bullet? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's essential to who the pumpkins are. Um, and, you know, we just had a trio of songs that I think kind of pushed the envelope on what people who are... Uh, you know have a strict interpretation of what grunge is i don't know that they would consider bush Silverchair, and the pumpkins but um i mean the pumpkins they toured with they toured with pearl jam they played with a lot of these bands they had their fans were were a lot of the same people um and bullet with butterfly wings i mean that's you know from melancholy and infinite sadness is such a great album and this one was certainly um you know inescapable for a long Mm -hmm. long time so that's why you know I, i like this song i i'm glad that it's here
1: yeah it has its place, for sure. It's really good. Totally. All right. Back to 84. I was so excited for some Soundgarden. So yeah. we have the first Soundgarden uh, pick, and that is Beyond the Wheel, coming in off of Ultra Mega OK um, in 1988. And the reason this one makes the list is because of the vocal performance, for sure. Um, people talk about it. Is, is it his best performance ever? Um, when you listen to it, it's he's just in that high range um, that people really got drawn to from chris and he just kind of he's just kind of belting
0: out the whole time and it's
1: pretty it's impressive it's just simply impressive
0: yeah it certainly is and this one for me i just think like you know chris's vocals on this almost defy what is in the realm of the possible for me i mean this one is soaring it's searing it is just um it's incredible you know you ever you ever want to tell somebody or show somebody how good of a vocalist chris cornell was i mean you, you played beyond the wheel for them so happy mm-hmm. to have it at number 84
1: and the rest of the you know the instrument side of the song is, is also excellent yeah um number 83 first pearl jam song off their 91 debut album 10 we have porch and this is a favorite of ours um it got pushed down the list a little bit, maybe a little bit more than we thought when we started. But we got some really good songs ahead of it that we needed to uh, put up there. So this song is this song is great. Uh, you have it tattooed on your body,
0: so this I is, do. This which is shows you how Chris. tough this list is to yeah. make it really highly. I have this song on my body forever, and it's checking in at number eighty three. Um, I mean, the it, the live element of this song, you know, solidifies it. As one of Pearl Jam's best, certainly, um, and the theatrics that that Veteran the gang performed in the in the, in the Ten era, um, so really, really, uh, really great song. Um, obviously, coming from me, although I'm a bit biased because it's it's on me forever. Yep. All right, number eighty-two, we have our first
1: touch of Andrew Wood in malfunction, and then we have Jezebel Woman. Um, yeah, Andrew Wood needs to be on this list, obviously. All of his yeah. projects need to be on there. There's a reason that uh, the people in the scene look up to him, and he was a major reason for um, a lot of bands and a lot of in- inspiration. So, uh, yeah. this song is just a really solid, I mean, it's just a sol- one of the
0: solid rock songs that you, you want to listen to. Yeah, a hundred percent, and and I think this is the first of what I would consider to kind of be like legacy selections on this list, where you have to kind of go before what a lot of people consider to be the era itself, um, because what happened before and the people that played a part before um, they inform and they illuminate the the choices in the in the creative decisions that a lot of people made during the era. Um, so I think malfunction, very important to be here. You know, Andrew and Kevin Wood, the brothers, pre-Mother Love Bone. Um, and, you know, it just it just goes to show you that spark um, that Andrew had. Um, and, you know, this is a great one. You can see the line in this song between you know malfunction and then into mother love bone and then what mother Mm -hmm. love bone did you know into what those members went on to you know make pearl jam and you know you can kind of see the line when you when you put it there but um have to give a nod to andrew wood i think without him the, the scene and the genre would not exist as it does today and he's one of the most important uh benefactors if you will
1: yeah Coming in at 81, a song that originally didn't, didn't come to our minds, but then after further review, um, went from not being on the list to number 81. We have Cannonball by Breeders, um, released in 1993. This was a hit. Um, if you're unsure of what it is, when you listen to it, you know exactly the song we're talking about. Totally. Um it, it it was number forty four on the uh, Hot One Hundred. Um, I think it's nice to uh, include that sometimes, and I guess um, in VH One's list for top one hundred ninety songs, it, it came in at eighty three. So. Wow somebody somebody you know put in the top songs of all of the songs that came out in the 90s so yeah. we actually had an, we had an 81 here um you, you may not maybe don't consider it grunge per se but right. it's got the guitar to it it's got the uh yeah and this is another choice that we made
0: that I think you need you need something by the breeders and uh you know kim deal great vocalist so um i think uh you know for for the diversity of this era you you got you got to have some breeders in there so um, Ethan, I know you fought for that one and, uh, you were right. Uh, we need, we need the breeders here. So thank you for thank, you for thank you fighting for the cannonball. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So at the end of the day, it's a good tune and it should be on the list. Exactly. You know, there's a lot, in, in some ways there's a lot of room on a top 100 list. And then in other ways, there's not a lot of room on a top 100 list, but there's room enough for cannonball. So Um, Turning the page, we're going to get into the top 80 now. Checking in at number 80, we're bringing the heft. We've got Leafy Incline from Tad from the 1993 album Inhaler. Um, Tad Doyle, An Absolute Force. This won't be the last that you hear of the mighty Tad. Um, I love the bass guitar on this song. This is so in your face. Um, You know, I... You know i always I always think of this this song I always think of tad and paw together in so, for some reason um and you know this song really really shows what tad does so well mhm
1: yeah this one for me it this one might be a little bit high. I could have seen a few songs that, that I, <laughs> I go to before um but tad needs to be on here and uh you know it made the top eighty but
0: yeah, no, good song. Really good song. Yeah, you bet. So for number 79, uh, if we were doing a, a entire 90s list or an alternative rock 90s list, This one will be maybe top 10, but for number 79 on our list, we go to 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't consider this song to be grunge, but, you know, we've got the pumpkins in here and this song is indispensable for the era. You know, I think you're hard pressed to find a song that is more recognized as a nostalgic tune universally than
1: 1979. Yeah, this one is um, just super popular from the time and, and yeah, it earned its spot. Um, but like you said, it doesn't have, it is definitely more alternative rock, but, um, that's fine. Yeah.
0: So for number 78, a testament to the embarrassment of riches that this band has, um, we go with yellow lead better checking in at 78 on our top 100 list. Obviously, as we know from Pearl jam from the 10 sessions released initially as a B side to the Jeremy single in 1992. Um, this one I think is significant because, you know, Mike McCready's role in this song, um, you know, the, the folklore behind the lyrics or lack thereof, um, you know, it's a super Hendrix-y. This is, um, you know, another influence side that, you know, kind of comes from the vein of the Hendrixes and the Stevie Ray Vaughns that did find its way into this era. You know, you take a lot of people with a lot of different influences and you try to, you know, put them all under one roof. You're going to have a lot of different rooms in that house. And this one is um, certainly a distinct room, I think, from a lot of the songs that we've discussed so far.
1: Yeah, this one stands out as a Pearl Jam song for me. It, it, it's a standalone that is. It seems like it just has its it has its own place for sure in their own catalog too. Mm-hmm. Um, and is everybody everybody knows it, everybody likes it. Uh, people make fun of it because they like it so much in his lyrics. So, yeah, this is a good one. Um, I know it's one of your favorites.
0: Yeah, 100%. Moving on to number 77 on the top 100 list, we have This Town from Green River. Um, once again, another little bit of a legacy selection. Green River, a band that definitely needs their due, including from us, um, more than we've given it. This one is from 1987's Dry as a Bone. Um, you know, in Green River, Mark Arm, Jeff Amon, uh, Stone or Bruce Fairweather um, – I mean, incredible from a moment in time, you know, knowing what a lot of these individuals would go on to do, you know, certainly Mudhoney and Pearl Jam, uh, you know, the fact that they were together making music, uh, you know, you have Green River, you have the, um, the deep six element to it there. And kind of the, uh, the scene before what many people learn, you know, knew or would come to know as the Seattle scene, um, Green River, they were, they were big, they played a big part in that. So Mm -hmm. definitely need to be on this list.
1: Anytime I hear the the older bands and and the members, you can always hear, you know, obviously hear Mudhoney, you hear Mother Love Bone and Temple, like you hear the and PJ, you hear them, you hear the pieces in the band, and I think that mm-hmm. is um, really cool. It's definitely really uh, really interesting that. I mean, you can just see it all come together. So this is a good and, one, and this is where you
0: see a lot of it. A lot of what I think grunge to be is derived from from the punk scene and the punk spirit. And I think you see that so well in a Green River. You see that so well in a Mud Honey. You see that so well in an early Nirvana, um, which makes sense because you know these guys knew one another. They had a lot of the same influences, and, and that certainly came out in the early era. And Green River is a great example of that. So is this town. So um, moving on up to number seventy-six, Ethan. This is one of your favorites, I think, Mm -hmm. of the entire landscape. Um, That is Stone Temple Pilots' Atlanta from their nineteen ninety-nine number four album. And Ethan, I know you love this song, so I'm going to give you the floor.
1: Yeah, this song. um, This song has it all for me. I was going to say if I had to, if I was ranking like songs that I want to listen to, if I just made a top fifty like, songs that I want to listen to from the era, this is this is in it for sure. Um, it has the strings. It has the beautiful kind of, like, you know, jazzy vocals and the movement that just shows Scott's talent and skill that, you know, I I honestly like probably more than a lot of their rock and roll stuff where they're yeah, really jamming. Yeah, it shows jamming. their diversity. Yeah, this one can easily go way up for me this one just fire it's just so good it's just and it's just like it's a good lyrical it's just fun it's just a really really good kind of emotional song which Mm -hmm. i like so yeah this one is
0: this Mm -hmm. one's good so, Ethan, we're getting into the top 75 zone, and we're going to kick off the top 75 with number 75. And we are going to 1,000 Smiling Knuckles from Skin Yard from the album released in 1991, also called 1,000 Smiling Knuckles. And Skin Yard, um, Ben McMillan once again. Um, this song, I mean, this band too, you forget how interconnected this shit was i mean so in in skin Yard at this time you have ben mcmillan you have jack and dino in the band and you have barrett martin on drums matt cameron previously turning taking a turn playing drums in skin Yard. and you know this is one of those bands it's essential um you know barrett martin it was involved in so many things ben mcmillan too jack and dino obviously especially with as a producer um and you know when they got together they could make some great music too
1: yeah, this this one's so funny. So I um, obviously we just talked about Atlanta, and I was kind of bummed that it didn't make the top seventy five, maybe. But yeah. then this morning I was doing a little more research, and I listened to this song again, and it has this Ozzy Osbourne type of feel. <laughs> it has this, yeah. and I was like, "Holy shit, this song could be higher!" Like this song yeah. is, is really kind of gassed. And yep. I was, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this is a fun one. Uh, I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna be uh, playing it a little bit more. This yeah. is, this was a surprise to me again.
0: Totally, yeah, and that and that's good. That's been a fun part of this project for us too. You you surprise yourself a little bit with some of these bands when you reconnect with them, and and for it's me, just, you know, I feel similarly about Skin Yard too. Yeah, yeah, I think that there's just an like
1: it's very overwhelming putting all these like seeing a million songs on paper and then having yes. to ra- rank them, and you're like, well, I don't listen to this one as much as I listen to this one, so mm-hmm. how can I put it? But then really. um, you know some you kind of work through it and then you f- you figure out where it places so yeah this is it that was a great one totally needed to be included yeah
0: the number 74 spot on our top 100 list goes to state of love and trust from pearl jam uh, an outtake from the 10 sessions it didn't make the album in 91 but was released on the single soundtrack in 1992 um and i think this is a great song that really encapsulates what pearl jam was about um back in that era in 91 and 92 um you know you've got that energy you've got that synergy that they found immediately as a band um and that's that's right on display here um with state of love and trust
1: yeah this is a, a really solid one of their unplugged um in the unplugged as session well, yeah, unplugged too. um a really great awesome performance and Ed is giving it everything he has and i think that really elevates this song for mm-hmm. their catalog i mean it's obviously really good by itself studio but man Something about those unplugged songs uh, really helped the, the legend of the song itself. And we'll get into that a few, there's a few more additions that just, you can't ignore the fact that it was played at one of those historic sessions, you know what I mean? Like those yeah. people look at those concerts all the time. And I think that mm-hmm. um, when you have something that stays, a performance that stays for 30 years, then um, yeah, you're doing, it's, it's important.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. The 73rd entry, number 73, goes to "Shame in You" by Allison Chains from the 1995 self-titled album, and I fought hard for rep for for this song to be on the list. Um, I think it is, you know, we talk about the different eras and the different seasons that that uh, Allison Chains went through. I think this song is the perfect encapsulation of the end of the band, um, you know lane on this album and especially on this song is just so chilling, so brutally honest. And it's just, it's so sad. Um, but I think, you know, um, that's part of the allure um, of this era is the fact that a lot of these people were being so vulnerable about the things that were happening to them and as we know I mean there's there's not many happy endings in this era and you know unfortunately this song for me is a reminder of that um, but uh, fantastic song um, yeah you know, I want to take this I want to take this moment to
1: thank you for for pushing for this one and again this is this really is a ballad it's a slow build and it's just so. It's it's kind of I feel like it probably really influenced you know the hinders of the world and the uh the sappy like early 2000s rock or something yeah. in a way like it has that like um I don't know if that was degrading to the song but this is like this is a really really beautiful song.
0: Yeah. Good choice cer- It certainly is. So Uh, For number 72, we are going back to the Stone Temple Pilots and we are going to my, my first ever favorite Stone Temple Pilots song. I used to warm up to this one back when I was in high school getting ready for track and field meets. Uh, we go to Wicked Garden, also from the 1992 core album. Um, this song is just so in-your-face heavy. Um, and once again, it's it's funny, you know, you pit this, we have sex type thing, then we have Atlanta, and then we have Wicked Garden. I mean, the the versatility that this band had, um, you know, the DeLeo brothers, Eric Kretz and Scott Weiland, their ability to just makes something that's so tight and so aggressive and so loud too um, is yeah. is fully on display here with Wicked Garden.
1: Yeah, this is one of my favorite STP songs as well. Um, it's just yeah, like Everything you said, I I agree with. Um, really, really solid uh, Scott performance, mm-hmm. and just a fun one. Just a fun one. Another uh, unplugged session uh, song as well. So
0: yeah, 100%, to be noted. they did a great unplugged version of this. They slowed it down kind of like a lullaby in the in in the bridges there. really good really really great they really shined on that um yep and songs that
1: have that versatility that you can do a few different ways are Mm -hmm. uh just like sex type thing you know that was
0: yeah 100 um so moving on to number 71 we've got another bush song also surprise surprise from 16 stone um we have glycerine um this one you know, Gavin Rossdale covered in rainwater, thunderstorming at Iconic. spring break MTV, Iconic. you know, solo. Um, you know, this is this is great. This is really good songwriting. Um, you know, people people sometimes and uh you know, incorrectly in my opinion, they 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 treat Bush kind of like as a as a punchline, um, but they're not. Um and this song is just it's great.
1: Really, really, I'm, really I'm, like this I'm really, I'm really glad to hear you say that, Chris. <laughs> I've come around
0: big on Bush in the last 48 hours. Uh, Ethan, yeah. I, I would just as I fought for shame in you, you fought for Bush. <laughs>
1: I and, and I, I was hesitant. You were so adamant on a few things that I, I, I wanted to push a few of these a little bit higher. Obviously, I mean, we didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, spoiler alert: little things is not on the list. <laughs> this is the last of the Bush, which sucks. Um, this was actually. You know, Drew and I when we were in a band, this is the first song that we played at a talent show in 8th grade. We played Glycerine, we went right into into Machine Head, we mm-hmm. did a combo. They opened the curtains and we came out, the rest of the band came out, but That's um, this song, this song is beautiful because it's just guitar vocals and then some strings mm-hmm. and uh his voice shines. I mean, there's, you know, people the whole genre is filled with these distinct voices. Yeah. And all, you know, you got your, you know, your Eddie Vedders and your Cornells, but then you have like you know Gavin Rosdale and you have this voice that is unique, and I think that is why that they had that success with that album. And yeah, and that's 100%. some. There's something to say about having an out. You know, a solid album to look back on. So there's something happy for to be them. said
0: for that, especially.
1: All right, we're gonna right. take a quick break, and we're gonna come back and give you the top seventy. Coming in at number seventy, we have another Smash of Pumpkins hit. Drown off the 1992 single soundtrack. Um, this one is this one's really really solid. A live favorite, as you said, a classic riff for for them. Um, and yeah, this is I, I think this is one of Billy's better songs. This is a really really fun one.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think almost more so than anybody else, with the exception of maybe Cantrell, I think Billy Corgan and James Iha as well really cornered the market on on making these distinct instantly recognizable guitar riffs back in uh back in the 1990s and drown most definitely uh is a great showcase of that so the next one is number 69 and this
1: is a really really important song um we had to figure out what we're going to put here at this the this 69 spot and there's only one there's only one choice and you know it's because we're all crazy at war and we have Red Bar by Pearl Jam off you of the '98 Yield, uh, the Yield album. And uh, Chris, what, what's the deal with Red Bar? What's the allure behind
0: it? Why do <laughs> I'll we tell love you what, What's Every... this Renaissance we have going oh, on? Oh man, well we, we we reviewed the album a couple episodes ago, and this one this one has just stuck with us. You know, this one's been stuck on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to quote failure. Um, you know, for some time now. I mean, this is just a very eclectic jack irons creation and there was some weird shit going on back in this era and you know 98's <laughs> a little later but it's you gotta have it i mean y- you need the weird as uh, uh, right along with the instantly recognizable shit and it it almost doesn't get much weirder than red bar um you know we had we had to unfortunately omit bugs um but you know we've, red got, we, <laughs> yeah, us, we've us. got red bar so rest yeah. assured we do have red bar
1: yep that's a little easter egg for everybody yeah but um, to bolster Pearl Jam back up, we at uh, number 68, we have Black, which is one of my personal favorites. Um, I really enjoy seeing it live. Um, I believe they played it at both. It's, it's always, they turn off the lights, and they have this really beautiful um, sound. It, it kind of stands out as a Pearl Jam song. It's a little different than, the, than what you maybe usually think of. Um, but it is one of the more popular songs, and I think that it always gets delivered really well. Um and it's a fun one. So but I think it's in a pretty I think this is a pretty um admirable spot, I guess. This makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I and I I've I've talked to a lot of Pearl Jam fans over the years and I feel like this is one that you're either really, really high on or you're just not a huge fan of. But um this one I think really takes on a life of its own live. I think the unplugged performance uh is just so memorable. Um and yeah, this is this is a great song. Um, you know, the bridge is so powerful. You know, with the, I uh, you know, I know someday you'll have a beautiful life portion. Um, I mean, the emotion behind this one is uh, is is really really heavy, and I think it takes it to the next level. Right after black.
1: Or right before Black, we have black, uh, Blue, <laughs> Black and Blue. <laughs> so black and honestly. Blue. Blue on so, Black. Kenny blue Wayne on Shepard. Black. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, oh, num- n- <laughs> Number 67, Blue by Nirvana. This is off their Bleach album, 1989. First track, first album. Um, this is important. This is like, this is the hard Nirvana stuff. This is before yeah. Nevermind. This is when they were just absolutely ripping and like, this is the more grungy um stuff that yeah. you're gonna hear from them. So it, it earned its spot for sure. This yeah. is a good one.
0: And this is exactly what I was talking about earlier with the the punk spirit and the punk tradition finding its way yeah. into what we now know as the Seattle sound or grunge scene, whatever you want to call it. Um the uh, bleach that, that's a hell it's got a lot of punk punk you know influence on it. And this one, this one's heavy and this shows right from the jump Kurt was a hell of a fucking songwriter.
1: Yeah. Uh, number sixty-six, blow up the outside world by Soundgarden, off of their Down on the Upside, nineteen ninety-six album. This is a, this is a great song. Um, simply put, has the ups and downs, has the vocal kind of build that Cornell, that we love from Cornell, and um, it's just, you know, good solid lyrics. It's just one of those. It's a Chris Cornell song. It makes so much sense yeah. to me.
0: Yep. And, and I think this is really, really emblematic of, you know, what Soundgarden was almost in its final form. I mean, you had the 80s stuff, which, you know, almost kind of had a little bit of glam to it. Then you had like the, the the Black Sabbath inspired Bad Motor Finger era. You had Super Unknown. And Down on the Upside was really, really complex musically. And I think this one really goes to show, um, you know, what they were capable of uh, in terms of pushing the envelope with compared to what people were used to. Coming in, number 65, we
1: have the Melvins making another appearance with their song Revolve off of Stoner Witch in ninety four. <laughs> Stoner Witch. Stoner Witch. Um, and this is just this is just Buzz being Buzz. This is this is yeah. some of this they have some beautiful performances. I think the UCL when they played outside of UCLA in like ninety-four or five or something like that. And it's just like just heavy. And good. And this is the Melvins. If you like the Melvins, uh, you yeah. love this song. If you don't understand fi- the Melvins, maybe you don't know this song. But Right, yeah.
0: If, if, you don't, if you don't like the Melvins, I don't think there's a Melvins song that would change <laughs> your mind. Um, this is my favorite Melvins song. I love Revolve.
1: Hell yeah. Um, coming in at number 64. Surprisingly, um, when we made this list, we actually took it off.
0: This one and was then, left far behind by is,
1: accident. Yeah, this one was left far behind. Then we we're like, wait a minute, what are we doing? Like, this is our list. This is one of our favorite songs by Alice and Chains. We have to include it. So not only did it go from not being on the list all the way up to number sixty-four, we have no excuses by Alice, and that comes off a of jar of flies. This is um, this is just one of our. It's just a beautiful. It's got a great melody, great hook, and um, it's just fun. Like to me, it is a fun song. I mean, maybe you know the lyrics. It's going to be a little sadder, but like it is, it has the hook and it has the melody and it's just a really, this is Alice at its best.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, You know, the the vocal harmonies that that are present in this song, both the studio version and the unplugged version um, really, really make this one shine. And, you know, in terms of lyrical construction, I mean, this is Jerry Cantrell's love letter to his best friend Lane. Um, You know, if we change, I love you anyway. uh, And I'll always love that song.
1: Number 63, we have the, I think the first installment of the Supergroup Mad Season, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And we're going to go with Wake Up off of their, you know, only album above first track, big ballad. um, And just has that, just like kind of the vocals just kind of soaring, soaring above the rest of the music, which... A lot of the um, a lot of these art- artists figured out the perfect way to do that to kind of like have a song and just let the vocals kind of move move throughout the song and just and just fill it up. And this yeah. is a good one. I'm glad that you fought for this one to be um, where it is. I think 63 is a pretty solid. I could see it going up, of course. But um, we right. got a lot of good songs above it that we needed to include. Mm-hmm. So what are you gonna do? Yeah,
0: yeah Mad Season, really really special project. Uh, and once again, I think a great example of the vulnerability that. Um, that a lot of these artists had, you know, with their writing and, and, Lane, obviously, like we spoke about with shame and you, um, you know, wake up young man, it's time to wake up. And, you know, knowing what we know and knowing how it ended, this one is, 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 uh, you know, has some extra sadness to it. Um, but incredible how this one opens up for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number 62, you have come bite the apple
1: by mother love bone. Um, this, this, is, this is an important song, an important song off of the um, 1990 album Apple. And, uh, yeah, you just have to include Andrew Wood as, as much as you can. And um, this is one of our favorite songs from that album. Uh, Chris, what's your initial reaction to this song? I know I know that this was yeah. one that you brought up a lot.
0: Yeah, I really like this song, and and this one always just makes me think about what could have been, you know, right. if Andrew Wood hadn't passed away, and and what the what the genre, what the landscape would have looked like. Because I mean, this one this one had all the makings of a hit, I would say. So you know mother love bone keeps going you know stone and jeff are occupied what does the scene look like and 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 what where would mother love bones career have gone uh you know i think this one sounds a lot different of what we came to know and and you know moving on into 91 92 but um yeah it's 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 just it makes me think about you know what what we may have gotten if andrew Wood hadn't passed away but what a great song i think this one's really hard driving this is this is a groover for sure
1: number 61 a, I think a, fa- a crowd favorite A fan favorite from the genre People love this song And it's Far Behind by Candlebox um, You know, Kevin Martin wrote this song About Andrew Wood And um, I think that's really um, A beautiful tribute You have a lot of songs, a lot of bands Doing tributes to other people Just like we talked about in the song before um, yeah. How important Wood was So um, this is a good song It may, it may get a little bit of, of flack For whatever reason But um, but it, it, it's it's a fun listen every time. Yeah, um, it's got good guitar work,
0: and then obviously
1: he opens up around the chorus. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean Kevin Martin Candlebox, I mean they were there, and uh, right. this one, you know, obviously with the connection to Andrew Wood, um, I think it is essential to the to the era. So really glad this one was included. I know we were on the fence and and we had almost forgotten, uh, to do our due diligence and put this one, but I'm glad it's there at number 61. Um, so as we get into the top 60, um, another band that we thought was very important to include, um, we have Sonic Youth and number 60 will be cool thing by Sonic Youth from their 1990 album goo. Um, I think what Kim Gordon and Thurston Moore did together, um, was really, really incredible. Um, you know, talk, they were so good at making music with a message behind it, um, making really aggressive music, having live performances, that borderlined on the unhinged. Um, and I think that was such a huge element of this era. Um, this one, Chuck D has a spoken part on, on it too, which is pretty, pretty crazy. You know, the melting pot that was the nineties. So uh cool thing. I, I love Kim yeah. Gordon. Love Kim Gordon. I
1: think, it, yeah, I think an important note about Sonic youth is just, I think they kind of paved the way in, in, in a lot of the, kind of guitar work and the kind of just the overtones that they had. And I think a lot of, and the kind of chaos that ensued Mm -hmm. in their songs and kind of the, the scrambledness that I think bands took tweaked and made it their own. And that's how you got a lot of, um, you know, really well put together. Like you said, the punk, the punk rock stuff kind of coming in, but also the alternative, like,
0: yeah like i see a line almost between like the sonic youth jay mascus dino jr era like directly to almost kind of like like some of the stuff that kurt vile does and that jack white mm-hmm. does um you know i think yeah. there's a connection in there yeah absolutely yeah. so them and, them and the pixies exactly which uh yeah, <laughs> we kept that's off for, the list. That's, that's for our other list that uh will most definitely come out um Moving on to number 59, um, a favorite of ours, um, you know, this just goes to show you what one man and a guitar and the best riff ability of the era can do. Riff master. Uh, We go to the riff lord himself, Jerry Cantrell. Cut You In is number 59 on our top 100 list uh, from the 1998 album Boggy Depot, Jerry Cantrell's solo debut. Um, And I think this just further solidifies his status and his title on the throne of riffage. And... I love this one. This is a mm-hmm. great one. I think, you know, he milks it a little bit live. You know, a little silence, he's waiting. And then he and then he starts with that opening riff to cut you in. Um, and it's just, it's fantastic. I'm excited uh, to hear this one live again, hopefully this yeah. spring.
1: Yep, this was, a, this was a really fun one to hear live. I mean, he has great, great energy in the vocals every time. And, it, and it's so kind of like, yeah, the guitar is so like, choppy and immediate that mm-hmm. the lyrics it just fits really well it's a solid, it's it's a fun one yeah, this is a we fun love one cut, had, to, we had love, to be on the list yeah
0: love cut you in number 58 on the grunge bible top 100 songs list is rearview mirror from pearl jim's 1993 sophomore album versus um this one i love the aggression in it um i love the vocal aggression i love the driving guitar Dave Aberzies' studio effort uh, with the drums on this one are incredible. Um, The story we've mentioned before, certainly, um, he had to do so many takes of it because he apparently wasn't pounding hard enough that at the end of the final take that they got that's on the album, you can hear him throw his sticks uh, and then fall to the floor. Um, I I love this one. I think this is a great um, uh, symbol of the aggression that Pearl Jam had in their music around, you know, the 91 to 93 era.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really we really like this song. I like the uh, the message behind it and, and leaving things in the rear view and moving on and and uh we couldn't have a top one hundred without this.
0: hmm Absolutely. The number 57 entry on our top 100 list. I believe it is the only live performance that we have on this list. And we had to go to Nirvana's Unplugged for their Lead Belly cover. Also, I believe the only cover on this list, the Lead Belly cover, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Um, I think this one, I I think of it hand in hand when I think of Kurt's passing. Yeah. Um, I just see that look in his eyes when he's performing that, when he stops before the final four verse... Um, It's just so emotional. It's so, so emotional. It's so Mm -hmm. raw and stripped down. Um, And he couldn't have done a better take of this. And and we honestly, you know, we couldn't have gotten a better performance that night.
1: Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, when when I was thinking about this list, I was like, what, you know, what do I think of when I think of Nirvana? And you think of their unplugged session. And I feel like, you know, a song from there needs to be on it, even if it is a cover. And so we had a few others, but we said this was the most important one to have on because it was the final, you know, final song and how, it, how he finished it. Um, it's just, it really feels, yeah, it's eerie. And it just is a very, very good piece of music.
0: Mm-hmm. Number 56, we have Nutshell by Allison Chains, also from Jar of Flies. And this one, once again, you know right in the vein of vulnerability that we've been speaking about and i think this song its legacy was solidified when they performed it to open up the unplugged performance um you know you won't find a more honest song um and i love i have such a soft spot for any acoustic Alice in chains work and this one is certainly um one of their best
1: yeah this is one of our you know we've we've talked about it a lot that this is one of our favorite songs by them and it started off super high and dropped down to fifty six for just some reasons. We had to put some other songs ahead of it, but um, this one is a really beautiful tune. Um, it's sad, but the way that the way the guitar comes in over over the oos and ahs like that they have is mm-hmm. um, a really good, really good piece of music. Again,
0: absolutely. Moving up to number fifty five, we once again enter the Mud Honey realm, although. I think this is the first mud honey we've had. We had Green River before. Yeah, I don't think we had uh, yeah. mud honey. This so is mud honey's joining the party, and uh, we're going with "Suck You Dry" from 1992's "Piece of Cake." And you know, if you if you ask me, what individual personifies grunge the most? Uh, it's Mark Arm. You know, he has he has that certain uh, "I don't give a fuck" attitude that I associate so much with this era. Um, that I think has its roots, like I said, in punk. And this one is just. It's fuzzy, it's crunchy, it's sloppy, and in the best way possible. And it's a great song. Yeah. I mean, it is exactly, it does exactly what it says.
1: It sucks you dry. I mean, it takes yeah. everything out of you. You got to be, I couldn't imagine being in the crowd for this one and, and just yeah. being spent afterwards.
0: Mm hmm. Moving on up to number 54, we enter the land of Soundgarden's super unknown, and we have Spoonman with much respect to Artiste the Spoonman. (laughs) Um, I think this one just showcases the, the riff ability and the piston like quality that I think Soundgarden was able to make in their music. You know, this one just drives forward. Um, it's really, really loud. Um, I love the end when he holds that note, you know, first it steals your mind, he repeats it and then it steals your soul. Um, so, so, so good. Um, you know, I love bad motor finger, but my first love was super unknown. Um, it was the first Soundgarden CD I had and, uh, you know,
1: yeah, there was some, uh, maybe a little controversy where to put this one on the list, but I think the complexity of this song is really important. The vocals yeah. obviously are incredible, but the, the the stuff the rest of the band does, it's kind of like off timing. I mean, it's a complex song. Yeah. And I don't know if that was to kind of, you know, allude to the com- complexity of some of the Spoon Man's, uh, you know, playing ability, because it's kind of you know, yeah. different, but like, it's kind of chaotic, but it is, um, this is not, I don't, this is not a song that many other bands could, could build and do. And I think that's why I think, I think that's why it's important. Like this is not, it's not so simple. It's not a simple, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. exactly. It's not. And, uh, you know, The Grunge Bible podcast is not as simple, you know, and I just realized I made an error. Um, I was talking about Spoonman. I was talking, I was actually talking about, uh, super unknown and who knows, we might hear from that later. Um, but Ethan, I think you summed up Spoonman, uh, very more than adequately. So, um, I think we should move on, but I, I closed my mouth after talking about super unknown and I was like, shit, it's not the song (laughs) we're talking about. (laughs) Oh man, that's all right though. The train keeps rolling. Yeah. Moving on to number 53, we're going back to the Pumpkins, and we are going to Mayonnaise um, from 1993's Siamese Dream. Um, I think this is the most nostalgic song in human history. I think it's even more nostalgic than 1979. Um, the, the, the guitar at the beginning, I think, can make grown men cry. Um, and, you know, that's just the way that this one goes. Yeah, this is just
1: definitely one of my favorite songs. Um... Probably my favorite uh, Smashing Pumpkins song. I think we have maybe one more on the list, and you guys can try to figure mm-hmm. out which one that is. Um, but we had to put down a little higher for maybe the significance. But this one is such a beautiful song and, and has exactly what I look for when I go to Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank
0: you, Billy. Thank you, Billy. For number 52, a song that has saved our lives more than one time, also from 1993's Verses, we have Dissident by Pearl Jam. Um, This one, that guitar lick at the beginning, that intro, how it just brings you in and it it saves your life right away. Um, I love the kind of uh, ambitious subject matter that this song has. Um, I love the bridge here. I think Stone Gossard's guitar, um, this is what makes him, in my opinion, one of the more underrated guitarists ever. Um, Certainly one of the more underrated writers ever. Um, Dissident, fantastic, fantastic. And Ethan, I know you love it.
1: Yep, yeah, this one saved our lives. Nothing, nothing like getting a Snapchat of Chris in the car here in the beginning to dissident, or telling me that the local radio station is playing dissident something that oh, yeah. doesn't doesn't get enough airplay. So it's the
0: stuff yeah, dreams are made of.
1: It, it made the list. It's simply a song that when it comes on, I get I get happy. I get you know you just get excited. And um, mm-hmm. you know, simply put, this is this is our these are our favorite songs. So that's it's on the list.
0: Moving on to number fifty-one, uh, fitting that this song is on our list because sometimes you know when we get mad and we get pissed, we do grab our pen and write down a list. We have "Shit List" from L. Seven from the nineteen ninety-two album "Bricks Are Heavy." Um, Danita Sparks um, is incredible. Um, I love I love her vocals, and L. Seven is a great band that I've been finding myself getting more and more into lately. Um, and and this song, this is my favorite L Seven song. Um, I just love, I just love the concept of it. Like, hey man, fuck you, you're you're on my shit list now. Yeah, yeah. This is
1: solid solid rocker. Gets the gets gets the angst out, and yeah, you hear it in the vocals. I mean, it's 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 intense. This is a this is a ad, admirable spot for uh shit list. Could be just missed the top fifty. Um, yeah. I know you probably maybe you wanted to see it up there a little higher, but. Um, just, you know, the way it's it's on the
0: list, it's on the list. So that's, what's important. So Ethan, 50 down, 50 to go. And how are you feeling? I I feel really good. I had a lot of fun talking about those, 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 uh, you know, those 50 songs and, uh, you know, it's only going to get better because, you know, we're climbing, we're climbing the rankings right now. I mean, to be one of the top 50 songs of the grunge era is no small feat. Um, and I'm excited to present the back nine of this list to everybody.
1: Yeah, it's, it, you know, none of this was easy, I'd say, but, you know, ranking 51 to 100 was a lot less stressful than what we had to do from one to 25 and one to 50. We had to make mm-hmm. some tough decisions. We had to really, you know, this, this list is, you know, who knows, this could be our identity, Chris. You never know. Yeah. Like, this could be what people look look to when they, uh, they hear Grunge mm-hmm. Bible in the future.
0: So yeah, uh, they yeah say- we had some tough decisions. Yeah. They say when, when, when you make, I, I hate calling it content, but you know, for lack, you know, just for the sake when you make content and you put stuff out into the world, you never know what's going to be the one that holds and what's going to be the one that people turn to or most associate with you. Um, so that's a cautionary tra- uh, tale to be careful with what you put out in the world. But I mean, we just, we just keep on blasting and who knows, maybe this will be the one, um, I am going to post this list on the website and who knows, maybe, uh, Maybe this will be the the search result that people see, and, and we can inform the hearts and minds of other people. But, uh, Ethan, what do you say we, we get into this top 50? Top 50. Here we go. Top 50 grunge songs with the Grunge Bible
1: Podcast. We're going to start it off, number 50. Hole is back in the mix with their 1994 song, Doll Parts. Um, this is a, this is really solid. This is the one that people kind of. I think this is their top song, correct? Obviously, yeah. And, um, it's really my favorite. Yeah, definitely um, my favorite as well. And uh, yeah, like you like you wrote here, uh, it's pretty haunting. I mean, her her vocals have this have this sound to them, you know that. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's kind of haunting, and it feels like the past
0: is always there. Yeah, and and this this kind of. Uh desperation to it um especially the end you know mm, when she yeah. hammers at home when courtney hammers at home you know repeating someday you will ache like i ache um at the end you know and it just ends after she, she says that last ache um and there's just silence and it's it's really really haunting for sure um great song um i don't give a shit what you think about Hole or courtney love but uh because this one needs to be here it's got to be here coming in number 49 one of my favorites.
1: Feel the pain. favorite, yeah. Feel the Pain by Dinosaur Jr., 1994, Jay Mascis. beautiful guitar work, pretty chaotic. Uh, one thing that I love that goes a little overlooked about this song is it opens up with a bottle popping, mm-hmm. and the song is about, you know, feeling the pain of everyone, and first I feel nothing, then I feel the pain, and um, I just think that, you know, I, I think that was a nice touch, and it's one of the songs that... Um, I like his I like his vocals a lot. I'm kind of a sucker for kind of the unclean vocal side of things. And um, and really, his guitar work has always really done something for me. So I think this is the only song by Dino Jr. on the list. I'm really happy that he made the list. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, this album, uh, Without a Sound, um, I love the artwork to it. Um, I love this album as a whole. Um, and this one is certainly really notable. And I think Jay Maskis was doing a lot of things that influence a lot of people in the years to come. And I think, you know, he, his influence is alive, uh, just as much as anybody's, I think in music today and in guitar driven music today, coming in at number
1: 48, we have fell on black days by Soundgarden. This is off their super unknown album in 1994. Um, and this one, this, this is, this is another really classic Chris kind of vocal performance. I feel like I say that a lot, but, um, yeah, I know this one. You're a big fan of the lyrics on this one, is that correct? This yeah, is like one of I, your.
0: I certainly am. Yeah, and I think this one feels different. Um, you know, after Chris passed away, I, I think it's hmm. it's one of the the best reflections uh, lyrically. I think that we've almost ever gotten in any genre about mental health and how you know the struggles they're always lurking out there somewhere, and and you never know when they're going to come. And and you know, you, you do what you can to be prepared for it and, and to handle it. But uh, it is it's difficult. Um, and, and sometimes it's, you know, no matter what you do, it, it's it's going to show up. And, uh, you know, in this genre, there's a lot of a lot of that. And uh, mm-hmm. this song was a really good representation of that, I think.
1: For number 47, we're, we're finding Temple of the Dogs, Say Hello to Heaven. Um, this is an Andrew Wood tribute that, um, you know, is just beautiful. It's one of those songs that uh, you see them perf- you you see him sing and perform and um, you know it brings you to tears because you know how important it is to them when they wrote it and when they write um, and when they sing it. So this one is another ballad, just a beautiful kind of emotional song that um, is hard to ignore.
0: Yeah, one of one of the great tributes uh, I think in music period, and uh, I agree. I'll always think about that lyric. Uh, now it seems like too much love is never enough. Um, And, you know, it's, it's one of those, I think one of those moments in life where, you know, you lose somebody that you cared a lot about and it does make you feel really small. And, you know, no matter what you do, um, it stinks and horrible things can happen and you can lose people. And and this song captures that emotion really well. Coming in at 46, we have
1: Super Unknown For Real. Um, For real, yeah. A tribute to Artista Spoonman. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, So another Soundgarden song. Um, super unknown, office, of super unknown, unique, aggressive. And, uh, yeah, Chris, uh, you, you want to take this and finish your thoughts? Yeah, from earlier? man. <laughs> uh,
0: if you've heard me say this before, you know, it's got a real piston like quality <laughs> to it. And I'll always, uh, you know, at that end where, you know, first it steals your mind over and over again, and then it steals your soul, you know? That's great. Um, getting uh, this is really fucking me up talking about it again. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna lose my place. But Super Unknown's fantastic. As I said, I was a Super Known boy to begin with, and I graduated to Bad Motor Finger. Um, but I love Super Unknown, and the title track is one of the best. Yeah, really solid. Okay,
1: coming in at 45, another Allison Chain song. It's been it's been about 10 songs since we had one, um, and it's gonna be Rooster. And this song, uh, this song is uh, obviously a radio favorite. This one's really good. And you may have some fatigue um, attached to this song. But when you break it down, this song really does slap. And this song really is um, important. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your what are your initial thoughts on Rooster, Chris? Because I know, um, like I said, this one has some fatigue to it, but yeah. it also it has a resurgence value to it. That yeah, it totally
0: important. does, and I think um, this is such a great showcase of Jerry Catrell um, and his ability to play simple parts so well that they add so much depth and. Detail to songs um, and you know obviously being the writer of this song about you know his father's experiences in Vietnam I mean Lane could not have nailed the vocals better um, you know Sean and Mike as well fantastic work uh, with this song and you, know, like you said I think a lot of people are fatigued of Rooster but um, I'm not and this is our Dude. list
1: yeah and this is kind of I think the other Alice stuff we had this is kind of the first where Lane's vocals really get to open up we've had some of this softer stuff in nutshell and Shaming you, so um, this is kind of the bigger one. I think we're yeah. seeing more of that moving forward. Yeah, Lane's warming up. <laughs> he's in the back warming up. <laughs> Let he's letting the uh, he's letting the openers take the stage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's letting the cannonballs and the uh, <laughs> fucking the cannonballs of the world. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, forty-four. number forty-four heading back into the Scott Wyland zone with big empty, and this is off their. Uh, album Purple from 1994 and this one is this one has uh, this you know the slide guitar and kind of has that blues total setup to it that I think that um, we both really appreciate when this band gets in that zone so this is this is probably one of our favorite like probably one of our favorite STP songs there's a few other ones that are maybe above this but this one I think we're coming back to
0: yeah this is my favorite uh stp song and i love the contrast that you get in this song uh with the sound uh and with the you know the volume almost uh between the choruses and the verses um i just love how it kind of like meanders its way through that slide guitar um you know and then you know kretz's drums kick in and you go into that that chorus and uh it's so, so good. I love the little twist he puts uh, that Scott puts on it at the end. You know, time to take her home when he hits take a little higher than he did throughout the song. Um, and it's great. It's got a lot of great detail to it. All
1: right, number 43, another Allison Chains song off of Jaw of Flies. We have I Stay Away. And uh this this song is another just other awesome killer song well put together got the inch the the strings coming at the end the chorus is really big and um it's just uh a master class it's a master class of a song i think this one is is one of their best composed songs really beautiful mm-hmm. guitar solo everything yeah. you can ask for in alice
0: yeah i love the strings on this one um i love that it sounds weird um, I love the music video, the claymation. I right, think it's right. great, and and it's it's cool when you put this song, you know, two spots away from a rooster, for example, with the you know, understanding that it was the same band who made both of these songs, um, really speaks to their versatility. And Ethan, I gotta tell you, I'm looking up this list. I'm getting excited. We got a lot of good songs coming. So it's about
1: to get real. It gets yeah, to be real and real real fast too. Yeah,
0: Let's keep it rolling.
1: So 42, we have "Burden in My Hand" by Soundgarden. Um, this one originally we had kind of slotted maybe in like the 11 to 20 range and it kind of got bumped down a good bit. Um but it's no slouch coming out the down on the upside album 96. Um Yeah, just uh, just more Chris doing Chris, you know. This mm-hmm. is this is just you know every time you just get he you can count on him and this yeah. is another one.
0: Yeah, and I I think when this song Matt Cameron does a great job of keeping the time on this song um and once again as we know, I'm a sucker for lyrics and I just love this song. You know, close your eyes and bow your head. I need a little sympathy. Um, that's That that line has just stuck with me for a long time. And I, I don't know why, but it does. But the best songs do that to you. Um, a part of the best songs just stick with you. And for me, that one certainly has parts that stick with me. All right,
1: moving into another Chris Cornell song, but not from Soundgarden. We have a number forty one Seasons by Cornell. Single uh, soundtrack. Coming off the single soundtrack in ninety-two. And um, uh, this one to me, the guitar the guitar work really sticks out always every time that he plays. Um, it's not easy to play and, and then he sings over it and it's just beautiful and like seasons talking about the seasons is such a uh, I don't know the tale is all just time like it's a beautiful beautiful subject matter and and like it's just it's a really uh, well done song
0: there's many ways you can take it and and this is the one exception to the no solo uh, artist rule that we have uh, that we had for this list but we felt that it was really important and Jerry Uh, yeah and Jerry too we have two exceptions you're right I'm a liar just like you all right. Well, we're getting to the top 40. This is a little uh, American Top 40 action right here with uh, Ryan Seacrest. Let's bring him in. Right, Ryan, what do you have it. to say here? Yeah. Well, you know, we got a lot of great. It's a tough list That's... to be on up yeah. here. Yeah. I don't know why that's, that's not how Ryan Seacrest sounds. I don't know why I defaulted to that for my Ryan Seacrest voice, but nevertheless, okay. fuck it. We got 40 great songs to go through and we're going to start right now. Number 40. Um, we have the song that has perhaps affected me emotionally uh, more than any other song that you'll find on this list. We have released by Pearl Jam, the last track on their debut album 10. Um, this one is just massively important and powerful and the emotion when you know the story of this song um i think the emotion just knocks you out and i think it's something a lot of people can relate to and um i think pearl jam that era that they were able to tap into intensity and emotion just so so well and this one um i wish was known more outside of the pearl jam connoisseur group i I think you know a lot of your average music fans don't know this one and and i wish they'd give it a shot
1: yeah, it had a it had a higher start to the list and we kind of took that into the count that maybe this is we don't want to give it too much bias and maybe it way up the list um, when maybe some others have the bigger success. So that's why it's coming only in it uh, only coming in at 40 here. Mm-hmm.
0: So for number thirty-nine, we go back to Nirvana, a song from Nevermind. We have In Bloom coming in at thirty-nine. Um, love the subject matter of this one. I love how it's kind of like a slap in the face to the so-called fans um, that you know Nirvana had, and Kurt certainly had a lot of things to say about a lot of things. Um, and you know, this one, he was, uh, you know, he told people what he thought, and uh, you know, In Bloom really, really great. I, you know, Nevermind was such a. Um, you know, seismic shift, an earthquake of an album that changed the whole scene. And, you know, it's, it's no surprise that in bloom makes the list here and it makes it as highly as it does.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. This one has a really fun music video to it that I think everybody's seen. I think that was probably the first exposure I had to it on like one of the MTV shows or something. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, this is classic Nirvana and, Mm -hmm. um, it's good. It's got, it's got the groove to it. It's kind of like syncopated and, um, it's a good,
0: it's a well-written song at the end of the day. Yeah. So for number 38, we move to the land of bad motor finger. We have Searching With My Good Eye Closed, Naturally, by Soundgarden from 1991. Um, I think this song is just a punch in the face live. And this is really, I think, where you see them kind of tap into that dark kind of like Black Sabbath-y Aussie, but like with a little little Zeppelin kind of thing going on in here. And I'm really high on this song. Um, It's one of my favorites. I prefer the live performances of it, you know, from that time, like 92, 93, um, you know, to the studio album. I just think they were able to do something with this song and give it life live. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've said a thousand times on this show, but they made songs and they performed them in such a sloppily clean way. Um, And and this song is, uh, you know, a hallmark of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and um, it's kind of got that like that the ending where it's like you know is it to the sky and then it's kind of like it's like revving an engine to like take off. Or it's like yeah. right before liftoff and yeah, he takes flight. Um,
0: yeah, so I, it's a
1: really really great song. Like you mm-hmm. said, live is better yeah makes
0: sense so at number thirty seven um some would say thirty two spots higher than they might want it to be um we have sweet sixty nine by babes in toyland they make their debut on the grunge bible top 100 list um this is from nineteen ninety five 's albums and I love babes in toyland uh, really really great three piece band um, I think Cat beellen was is really really good um you know lead lead person for a band um the vocals really really great um and i think something that's really cool about so many of these bands that in in a market in a time where there was so much good music you know babes and toyland they did things to separate themselves from the group and be unique and that is a that's a really difficult thing to do back in this era um and they certainly did it
1: yeah. Um, speaking of unique, this is uh, maybe the first song that has a cowbell in it. I'm not sure if Spoon Spoonman <laughs> did, but in the middle, they have the cowbell come through. And oh, yeah. uh, I think cowbell. that's important. You know, it's not easy to put that into a song and have it fit. So um, right. that's why it's it's up at 37, not like 69. And Red Bar was 69. So Exactly. What do you do? Yeah.
0: You should have known that coming in. Um, up to number 36, a song that has a soft spot in my heart. We have Long Gone Day by Mad Season, um, obviously featuring the great work of my favorite musician, Mark Lanigan. Um, love the story behind this one. Um, you know, they took turns in the studio. They, Mark would write a line, Lane would write a line until the song was finished. It took him about an hour. I think this one's beautiful. I think it's so delicate. And, you know, we always talk about... Uh, you know Lane's ability to harmonize with Jerry. I mean, Lane and Mark did great work on this song, and it's it's a gem of the era for sure.
1: Yeah, it's got the um, just the craziness of having like the saxophone, or or yeah, oh yeah, some some you know it has that like they got uh, like a xylophone in there. Yes, it's like a xylophone, saxophone, and then the lyrics just and the the vocals like are are doing are pulling it along and um. And yeah, it's one of those unique, unique finds in the genre.
0: Yeah, 100%. Number 35, uh, Buzz and Dale are at it again as we have (laughs) Honey Bucket from the Melvins, this time off of 1993's Houdini, um, which I think is my favorite Melvins record. Um, I like Houdini a lot, Um, you know. The guys are at it again and yeah honey bucket honey bucket is just great it's 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 groovy it's as groovy as i think a deathly sludgy song can be
1: yeah i mean honey bucket is the melvins uh
0: (laughs) uh, there's nothing more to say than that yeah top 35 baby (laughs) king buzzo yeah he's making he's making his way um number 34 a song that i know i'm really excited about uh ethan i think i think you're also really excited about this one the best Um, name
1: on the list the best song title on the list
0: so it's been a while since we've uh since we've talked about tad in this episode and tad's back um once again coming from 1993's inhaler we have throat locust um i love i love this song um I think Tad Doyle shines on this song. The lead guitar on this song is great, with the little licks that it provides to kind of fill the song in. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's throat locust. Yep, it's just a driver. It's just something that uh, that it will will it drives itself. You know,
1: put it on the yeah. car, and you can you know let Tad take the wheel. So, exactly.
0: Yeah. And Ethan, I'm, I'm picturing, um, somebody, somebody out there needs to make a grunge Bible podcast bingo sheet. Um, with I like certain, like <laughs> all of like our little catchphrases, like driver, like takes flight, um, uh, you know, grunge, uh, you know, there's somebody, somebody's got to do that out there. Cause I know, uh, God, the shit that I say every episode, but. It's, uh, it's important, <laughs> but let's put on the
1: wheel of the wheel of sayings. Yeah, exactly. It'll be great.
0: Number right. 33. Let's keep on moving. We're going back to mud, honey for touch me. I'm sick. It was their debut single in 1989. Um, and this one is just the crunchy fuzz boxy, messy mud, honey that we all know and love. Um, I love Dan Peters on the drums in this one and, you know, Mark arm, just screaming, uh, screaming in this song. It's great. Yep, this is Mudhoney being the only
1: real grunge band, and we're thankful yeah. for them. So, exactly,
0: one hundred percent. Number thirty-two, back to the Stone Temple Pilots, and back to the purple album. We go to Interstate Love Song. Um, Robert DeLeo wrote the music for this one, um, and I think this is a song that when they performed it live, Scott really had a lot of room uh, to be at his best live, both vocally and also with his showmanship. Uh, you know, grooving around the stage as he did. Um, love the slide guitar intro to this one, and I think it's one of the better driving songs that came from the nineteen nineties. Check <laughs> driving, <laughs> yeah. get behind the car. <laughs> yeah, both driving is like a quality, but also driving know, as a motor vehicles. So it's great. Yeah,
1: this uh, one thing that sticks out to this song is definitely the kind of the guitar that leads into the verses. The and down and down, you know, the kind of drop going down the down the river in a way, and away, mm-hmm. and yeah, beautiful. One
0: hundred percent. That's another, that, that's also on the Grunge Bible list uh, is Chris saying 100%. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, an yeah. embarrassment of riches 100%. for whoever has that on their bingo card today. <laughs>
1: that's, the, that's the middle. That's the free square. <laughs> yeah, that's the free
0: square. <laughs> Everybody gets that one. <laughs> 100% of people get that one. Yeah. Um,
1: Will Chris connect two thoughts with 100%? 100%.
0: Yeah. And. <laughs> jesus right. christ number, number 31. 31 all apologies by nirvana from 1993's in utero their final studio album um i think this is some of kurt's best song writing uh he wrote it a little bit before the in utero writing era um and this is one of my favorite nirvana songs and i think this one too once again another great unplugged performance with this song yeah this one's fun um I feel like we
1: just were talking about this when we did the uh, podcast, uh, the pod episode a couple weeks ago, and and you brought this up. And this one is, this one is really, really good. Just a good listen. Um, It's not too obviously. It's not the abrasive side. If you don't like the uh, some of the the way Nirvana does things, you'll probably enjoy this one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We know
1: we know you guys like that already, so.
0: Yeah, if you're
1: listening, that. if you're if you've made it to number 31 on our top 100, you're probably a fan. So,
0: yep. So the nice part about this is uh, we're getting into the, the the part of the list where some of the heavy hitters are going to start coming off the board. Um, and I think for those who are trying to guess, maybe some of our top songs, um, I'm sure I'm sure you might know some of them that are about to appear in these next 30 as we're we're getting into the top 30. So,
1: with number 30. We have Screaming Trees coming back in with Dollar Bill, right? We had a Screaming we had a
0: No, we haven't had Screaming Trees oh, yet. Oh,
1: okay. So this is the first Screaming Trees. Okay. It is the first, so. Dollar Bill off of the Sweet Oblivion album in 1992. Um I know that to me, to me this is definitely one of those just it's just a groovy vocal song and just kind of like just kind of, you just kind of bob your head to, it and just kind of do the, in my eyes, like the Chris Salona like uh, euphoria, where it's just kind of like. <laughs> if yeah. you're watching, you can see he just picture Chris be <laughs> like smiling and kind of looking up and shaking his head. That's how well, the song you, sounds man, to me.
0: This one's been uh, one of my top five Spotify songs for like six yeah. years in a row. So. Um, <laughs> van connor and mark Lanigan uh putting this song together i think musically um the guitar part is so simple that even i know how to play it um barrett martin the drums are fantastic um fun easter egg for this chris Cafaro did the music video for this um and it is one of my favorite mark Lanigan performances ever um, i will never get tired of this song and it is a very special song to me
1: awesome coming in number 20 29 it's a Soundgarden song. This is actually, if we're looking above and looking ahead, this is our fourth, our top four Soundgarden song. There's only three songs that we put ahead of this. So take that information um, as you will. But we have 4th of July coming in, pretty high on our list. Uh, we think this one's really important. Off of Super Unknown, it's got that end-of-the-world vibe, as you say. And, uh, you know, it is definitely... <laughs> (laughs) I mean I've heard you say this is a bingo board but that's a march through hell it's a march (laughs) through hell (laughs) it's a march through hell dude but um, we thought that this was important you know you could you could say that burden or blow up the outside world may be more popular but this one needs to be high on the list it needed to be top 30 um, because it is Soundgarden in our Mm -hmm. eyes and it's it's the scene this is the scene this is what people were searching for back then
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I totally agree they were searching for
1: the hits they were searching for this shit Exactly, and the (laughs) man that
0: they deliver. And I know way back in the day uh, when we did our first episode on Soundgarden, which was called Soundgarden Bible. I believe we listed this as our top or favorite Soundgarden song. I don't remember what the qualifier was, but um, so if you remember that and you were jumping at the bit to call us heretics right now, um, you know it's it's hard to pick these songs. Um, And this one is absolutely a top thirty song. And like you said, Ethan, it's a march through hell and. You know, down in the hole, Jesus try Jesus tries to crack a smile beneath another shovel load. Um, my God, what a line. Yeah. What a lyric. So good. Uh, number twenty-eight.
1: Um, I was gonna say my my the day of my birth, September twenty eighth, but swallowing our ours our our birth well, I was seeing how old I was, I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> but Green River comes in, which is great. Uh, swallow my pride. Um this one This one is just it's it's one of those legacy ones, like you said. You know, this is an important song to have, high on the list. Um What are your thoughts on this one, Chris?
0: Um, uh, like you said, this is a great legacy selection. I think this really captures like the pre nevermind scene of you know, the type of music that people were creating um before nineteen ninety one. Um, you know, Steve Turner wrote this great, great song, and um you know, Green River needs to be appreciated and uh, absolutely has their place in our top thirty.
1: Number twenty-seven, this is a an epic song, an absolutely epic song by Allison Chains off of Facelift. And it is it ain't like that. This has some some such heavy undertones, but then it has this beautiful I'm not sure what it's called, that like the like just kind of the the prick of the guitar up at the top, like or like the hyper hyperponics or I don't even know what it is that little like yeah, he gets like that bring in. He,
0: he gets that bend in there that's yeah. uh, really really important and it's really really good I saw Jerry play this live I was right oh, down in the front man that's awesome and I, can, I loved it I can only imagine what it would have been like to hear Alice play this in 1990 or 1992 or something and uh, I mean absolutely absolutely incredible song yeah
1: that's that's a really really solid solid song and you know that if it's coming at 27 that we got some good stuff coming up uh, number 26, The Brothers Meat, Meat Puppets, coming in with Backwater. Uh, needed to be on the list in my eyes. Um, I'm glad that's top 50. It is, it's just such a fun song from the time. Um, I really enjoy it. I, I love the solo of it. And it's just one of those songs that, um, I just have always appreciated it in its simplest form. It's just like a joy for me yeah. to listen. I don't need to dig yeah. too deep for this one. I just yep. like, enjoy it. This is a great
0: it. one. Uh, Meat Puppets, I think, were really good at kind of letting their hair down, literally and figuratively, yeah. when they played live. Uh, 1994's Too High to Die is a great album. And the, the brothers meet the Kirkwood brothers, as we said. Uh, they deliver on this track. And uh, really, really happy that you brought this one up uh, to make sure that we didn't forget to include it.
1: So we're getting into the top 25, Chris. Yeah, we are. So, to start to start it off to bring us in with a bang, we have L7's Pretend We're Dead. And um this one just like it it just has that catchy chorus to it. It has like the verses kind of broken up in in, in the music side of it, but it just has that like chorus that comes in and it's just like uh you know, it's just like a fun song that I'd want to hear at concert. Like I I'd want to I'd want to I'd wanna finish out like you know I don't know 10th period or like a, a weird like ninth grade dance or something, something. Yeah. I just want to be at like a school function and, yeah. that, and they're on
0: stage playing this this feels like like cruising out of the parking lot for summer vacation to me yeah. um, I love this song I love L7 as I said before a really really
1: important song to include here at number 24 we have River, Deceit, River of Deceit by Mad Season off the above album um, this one's special this one's really This special. one was. This one I remember. Remember first hearing this and and being impacted, and kind of letting the lyrics kind of like flow over you. And and we had a lot of dialogue with it, um, and yeah, you know, it just has. It's it's part of Mad Season. They only had one album. It's ca- kind of the the allure and the the you know the fantasy side of the of the genre, the mystical side that is. Yeah, the side, mystique. To it, yeah, yeah, the mystique. Yeah, and this one mm-hmm. is is just could be could be a lot higher if you'd want, but. Um, you know, surprisingly may fall into the cracks because it was just a one album um, band. And so some people maybe overlook it for some reason, but it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I think Mad Season, part of what made them so special was the the addition of Baker Saunders on bass in this band. I think he brought a lot of elements, uh, you know, that you may not have gotten um, with some of these, uh, with some of the other musicians, you know, Barrett, uh, Mike and Lane. Um, and this one I, I know, we've spent a lot of time talking about over the years. And I think this one is, you know, it's got a message for everybody in there and it's, it's a really, really profound song. And, you know, the years have not, um, the years have not weakened that message that's in this song.
1: Yeah. In a similar realm coming at number 23, we have Chloe dancer crown of thorns by mother love, mother love bone. Um, this song, this song is so special. This is like, I mean, this just has the uh, kind of the, you know, it's like Andrew's talking to you from heaven in the beginning. I really do mm-hmm. think like when the, when the piano's playing, piano really gets me every time. I've talked about that before. Me too. Um, and just having him kind of sing to you and kind of, he's almost like I feel like he's just singing to you and telling you to like, you know, like it's gonna be all right in a way. And uh, yeah, it's a really really fun song um, to go back to and listen to.
0: Yeah. And, and this off of the, uh, first released on the 1989 EP shine, which was the only, the only release, uh, that mother love bone had while Andrew Wood was still alive. Um, and you know, when these two are joined together, Chloe dancer, and crown of thorns, I just love the dichotomy that it has in the, in the moods and, and how big crown of thorns is, uh, compared with, like you said, uh, just like that weird vision aspect that, that Chloe dancer has. And, uh, you know, I love, there's a really, really great demo of Chloe Dancer that's out there too that I implore you to check out. Um, Really, really great. And um, yeah, Mother Love Bone, they were special.
1: Coming in at number 22, we have Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana. Um, This is off their 1993 album In Utero, classic. This is is Nirvana, you know, everybody knows the song. Um, Yeah, this one, uh, you know... Again, it's just a great... It's just one of Nirvana's best songs. I mean, it has everything you're looking for. Um, bon-
0: bonus points for the iconic music video for Heart Shaped Box. I just think this is classic Kurt Cobain guitar parts right here.
1: Yeah, it's one of the songs, like I said, that... Um, to kind of grow up, it's always been a staple. It's always been attached to, like... You know, the first thing you hear about Nirvana is that Kurt's gone. And, and these songs, they kind of, like they just viewed differently in my eyes for whatever reason. Like the few mm-hmm. of their, like smells like, you know, when you get to it, like their, their biggest song, like it just has this like, it's just, it is what it is. Like Heart Shaped Box has its own thing. I don't know how yeah. else to explain it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Um, honestly, Chris, I think I'm going to let you introduce and go into the next <laughs> one because this one, um, you are right, more I- than, more than zealous to have it uh, be, Right outside the top 20, but be 21, yeah. and it's very
0: important to you, so I please. could not be happier. I'm it passing with... the reins one song yeah. early to you. It gives me great pleasure to present <laughs> the number 21 song on the Grunge Bible Top 100, and that is Out of Focus by Love Battery from 1992's album, Day Glow. Um, I love this song, and I think this is exactly what the grunge era and the Seattle 90s era is all about, and how there's so much greatness out there that a lot of people may not know because there's so much greatness that Got you know, 10% of the music got 90% of the attention you know nationally and internationally. And there's bands like Love Battery that may not have gotten that. And there's people out there that contend that Love Battery was the best band to come out of Seattle. Um, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, endorse that. But uh, Out of Focus is one of the best songs that comes from the era. Ron Vines' lead vocals and guitar on this are just absolutely incredible. And this is just like a wall of sound. This song, and I've posted a few times on the page, and I think I've spoken about it on the podcast. But um, I think if I if I could tell somebody, you know, that's listening to this podcast, if there's a song on this list that you haven't heard, and I get one that you go and listen to, it's out of focus.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I went back and and had this song playing, and and the drums stick out to me. It's just very, it's really fa- more fast paced than uh, it is what I remember. It's very fast, and the, and, and it just. It just kind of goes in a you know in a different way than these other songs that we've talked about has a different pace to it Mm -hmm. that sticks out so yeah this is a good one i'm 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 happy that it's right where it is it's perfect yeah
0: and ethan thank you for letting me uh thank you for letting me present the least I i could do yeah i'm really happy about that so we're about to get into the top 20 songs for grunge bible all right, Ethan, let's get into this top 20 right here. And let's kick it off at number 20 with Cherub Rock by the Smashing Pumpkins off of 1993's Siamese Dream. Another classic pumpkin song. Um, I think this is one that, you know, when when you talk about the Pumpkins, this one comes up almost immediately. Um, absolute classic.
1: Yeah, I, I, this is our top Pumpkin song. Um, I think because I like it because of the jam and how, and how heavy you can get towards the end and when they really start going at it. Um, I think you get a lot of, you know, it's not like Soundgarden-esque or Pearl Jam kind of stuff, but it has more of that traditional, the rock, the the hard rock side of it that we like. Mm. So yeah, this is,
0: this is a good song. Good, good stuff totally moving up to number 19 now i know why you've been shaking because we have slaves and bulldozers by soundgarden off of bad motor finger checking in at number 19 on our top 100 songs list and this song is just incredible i think the stuff that they do live or that they did live with this song was really really brilliant um, you know, I think if this song oftentimes in the same vein as searching with my good eye closed, um, it's got a lot of those same qualities and I think Kim Kim Thyle on this song is just out of this world. Um, Matt Cameron too. Um, I'm always I'm continually reminded uh, you know, through Soundgarden's work just how awesome Matt Cameron is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this one this is a the third top 3 Sound garden for our list. So um, there's only two songs we have above it. I think this is um, one of their best pieces of work. I love mm. all the live stuff that they do with this. So yeah. um, it's an easy
0: one for me to have up here so high. Totally. Up to number 18, a song that has recently uh, recently been resurrected by TikTok Culture and The Power of Jesus Christ. Um, we have Even Flow by Pearl Jam, naturally off of 10. Um, I think this is another one that just really shows how cohesively and how quickly the band came to be, um, you know, getting together, making an album like 10, but also making a song like Even Flow. Um, I think a song that they struggled to get a take that they felt was adequate live, Um a song that they did play uh at unplugged and you know this one's a crowd crowd pleaser for sure uh, i think they play it at a damn near every concert and mm-hmm. you know i think every member of the band plays a indispensable part for even flow and you know not my favorite There's songs that are lower on this list that i, I like more from pearl jam but you can't you can't um look past the the uh, the influence and 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 the the notoriety that this one has
1: yeah i would agree it's not like uh, and there's some fatigue with this one more than maybe some of the other ones we may get to, but yeah. um, for me, the chorus for this one is is obviously such a hit, uh, no, no doubt. Like, that's why yeah. it's a hit, that's why people love it, and um, it's, it's really
0: solid. Thoughts arrive so. like butterflies. Yeah. That's, that's just exactly. the way that it is checking in at number 17 on our top 100 list we go back to nirvana back to nevermind with come as you are as the 17th song and i think really when we get into some of these top nirvana songs on this list i mean these are some of the more significant songs i mean almost ever um songs that are absolutely iconic and um you know the the cultural impact that nirvana has um even even today um you know I think it comes through with songs like this, and it's songs like this that people know. And and you know, I think back to those times where I was first discovering Nirvana, and you know, when you when you're a fan for so long, like you kind of like forget, and the hits kind of lose their their twinkle. But I mean, you go back. I mean, a song like "Come As You Are" is incredible.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got that fun twangy bass, and then yeah, you know, just drums coming in heavy behind, mm-hmm. and then cartoonist thing. I mean, it it's a uh, it's just like a it is such a well-put-together Nirvana song. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this one's this one's always fun to have on. Yeah.
0: Up to number 16, I think this one would be the biggest shock um, to the listeners out there that this one would be in the top 25 and even the top 20, but um, I think it's a great encapsulation of the era, particularly of Seattle. Uh, we're going to go to the Alice in Chains' SAP EP from 1992. Not one you may think, though. We're going with Right Turn uh, for number 16. Um, I think this one, it showcases Alice in Chains' versatility and also the fact that you have Chris Cornell and Mark Arm on this track as well for a little Alice Mudgarden action. Um, how could you not have this one really high? I mean, this has so much significance because of who's in the track and also mm-hmm. because of what it sounds like. I mean, you have you have Lane singing, you have Jerry singing, you have these guitar parts, the drum. I mean, everything everything's here on this one.
1: Yeah, this one's just one that you let the vocals and the The tone of the whole song just kind of put you in a mood, and and it does exactly that. Um, Yeah, this is a good
0: choice. Good choice to be uh, up at 16. Yeah. Into the top 15 now. Checking in at number 15, um, this one has to be on the list. We go to the Foo Fighters with Everlong from The Color and The Shape. The Foo Fighters, perhaps their most recognizable song. And, um, I mean, this one is just emblematic of the ascent of Dave Grohl, Um, you know, from Nirvana's drummer to one of the more prolific songwriters um that we've had over the last 25 years i would say and you know it started i think you know really really finding a groove with the color and the shape after the self-title in 95 and i mean everlong is just one of those songs that i think will persist and once again maybe not one that people would consider ripe for this list but it's our list and it is significant and it warrants this placing on our list
1: yeah, no doubt, no doubt that Foo Fighters should be represented. And um yeah, this song is, is um I think really special to Dave and the band and, and it's it's kind of that I don't know, it closes the book on a lot of things. I felt like it, you know, it could be yeah, you know, referring to some stuff with Curry. They played at the Taylor Hawkins tribute, so it's uh yeah. obviously it was like one of the last songs they played and it just mm-hmm. it's
0: emotional. Yeah. So. And, and we have a lot of songs that we're getting into that I, I tried so far on this list to not use the word iconic very frequently. But there's a lot of them that we're beginning to talk about that are, I mean, that's just the best way to describe them. And number 14 on our list um, could also be adequately described as iconic and that would be hunger strike by temple of the dog um, once again another one that i think when you've spent a lot of time with these bands around the genre maybe it loses its shine a little bit but you go back to a place in time and you know when this stuff's breaking in 91 92 i mean you hear hunger strike and you have cornell and vetter trading parts um, you know especially in the setting that it was you know being the tribute project for andrew wood um, you know this one is really really special, and I still love that there's still people out there that are getting into the genre that put those connect those dots together of what Temple of the Dog was, and like holy shit, like Eddie Vedder and 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 Chris Cornell, and it's like Pearl Jam, but it's like Soundgarden, and then the connection to Andrew Wood. Um, it's really special. It's really really special.
1: Yeah, this song, no surprise, it's gonna be as high as it is. Um, it's just. <laughs> It is a special song. It's so it's so much fun. It's so it it's such a fun. fun song.
0: It is a fun yeah. song.
1: So, like I said. The, yeah, you just like it's just pleasant to the ears in yeah. so many different ways. Yeah. You so, grab
0: grab your buddy and go go sing this one at karaoke. You, yeah, you yeah, I don't have to it.
1: convince people that this is a good song. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to like, dude, just listen to it. Like you know, yeah. you listen to it, and you're like, oh yeah,
0: mm-hmm. makes sense. Ups and lucky 13 uh we're we're climbing up there we're getting into some pretty high altitude now uh, and for number 13 we are going back to silver chair back to frog stomp and we're going with tomorrow um and this one i think you know people might question why it's up there but i think it's it sounds great um and i think a lot of the reason why people were turned off by silver chair is because they didn't come from seattle which they couldn't control they were young which they couldn't control um and Daniel Johns's hair was blonde, which you, I mean, you could control, but why would you? And it's like, oh, the Kurt Cobain ripoff. But I mean, this song, this song's great. I mean, I think it could go blow for blow with almost anything from this era. And Silver Chair, you know, those first three albums that they made in the nineties were really, really special. And Frog Stomp, I mean Frog Stomp's did awesome. Did you
1: did you know that they were 15 years old? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> This is the, this oh, is the yeah. first I'm hearing of it. Yeah. So if you imagine just 15, I think, you know, what an amazing job by them. It is incredible when you if you look at like you know your normal 15 year old. It,
0: yeah. It's you know, if we actually do want to expound
1: you know, on that, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, you say the yeah.
0: money isn't everything, but I'd like to see you, I'd live, like without to see it. you live without it. Yeah. yeah this boy. is um,
1: this is a good one. I'm glad it's top 15. I think that it mm-hmm. it has the it has some there's some really good pool to it. Yeah.
0: So I think that probably does it with a lot of the surprises, although maybe there's a few more, um, on this list that you may not expect, but moving up to number 12, um, we have a hallmark of the single soundtrack and a hallmark of the grunge era. And that would be nearly lost you by the screaming trees. Um, I think this one is a quintessential song for the time. Um, obviously Being the Mark Lanigan fan that I am, I think the vocals on here are just out of this world. I also think Barrett Martin brought so much to the Screaming Trees um, on the drum kit, um, you know, that is just not to be overlooked. And they captured some magic with Sweet Oblivion um, that was elusive for them because of the conflicts that they had in the band. And I think you have songs like Dollar Bill and you have songs like Nearly Lost You and, and it shines through there, that magic that they captured.
1: Yeah, well said. Um, I I enjoy listening to this one a ton. Simply put, like you said, it's just one of the songs you put on. It, just, it lifts me up, and it's just an easy listen all the time. Because mm-hmm. you're right, the vocals are um, outstanding. Yeah.
0: Moving up to number 11, just outside of the top 10, to finally put to bed the question of what about Scott, we've got a Stone Temple Pilots song for number 11, and we have Plush from the core album, um i would say without a doubt this is their most popular song it's still to this day a fm radio rock radio favorite uh the dj's love playing plush um i love playing plush i love listening to plush and it's it's one of those songs that i struggle to place my, myself back in a time and place where this was a new song and and i didn't know it so well but i do recall being like being fairly young like 9 or 10 and hearing the song and like This shit is fucking awesome. You know, before before you learn that like you're not supposed to like plush because it's popular, you're like, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) And it is. And that's why it's gotta be up here.
1: Yep. If you're not rolling into rolling into work at into the yard at 8 a.m. and this one's not (laughs) playing on your local radio and you're just like, just here we go, just getting it back into it. Um Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one, this one's special. We uh, I listened to it a ton. We played it as a band and it was um it was so fun. It's just a, it's just a fun song to play and to listen yeah. to, and kind of like get lo- get lost. And there's always another verse. There's always another. Right. There's always more
0: to it. Yeah. There's always something in the song to to lose yourself in, um, and that's you know that's a part of what makes it so great. So that's that's the the back ninety, and now yeah. now we're playing. We got
1: top beeps.
0: ten. We have the. We top have, 10. We're now
1: entering the top ten zone. Yeah. The top and, ten grunge bible so basically with this list you, can, you probably know there's a lot of songs that you haven't heard yet so you can imagine what's going to be on it um, and although some may be more commercially successful than others um, we tried to order them and in, in, you know we wanted to give them respect you know but we also wanted to keep it true to what we think is uh, our favorite but um, so hopefully number one is going to surprise you yeah
0: absolutely.
1: all right we number we still have 10. a couple
0: more tricks up our sleeve but number Top 10,
1: 10 let's go Grunge Bible 100, Grunge Bible Top 10, we have Soundgarden, we have two Soundgarden songs in the Top 10, and we're putting Black Hole Sun at number 10. And I know what you're thinking, this could easily be number one, probably number one on, on, on multiple lists out there, um, off of Super Unknown, Super Iconic, we talked about the music video a ton. Um, it really is a unreal song. I mean, let's just say that it it yeah. it has the staying power. It has all that stuff. There may be some fatigue with some people, but I do listen to it. And for some reason, I don't know if it's the way that I was kind of brought into it, but it, it like stands apart from you know Bad Motorfinger and the rest of what I see Soundgarden. Like it, it's it's its own thing. I was and going I think- to make
0: that same comment.
1: Yeah, it just like it, it. really has its own place. It's like, oh yeah, like here's the band did all of this, and then like they did they did the Black Hole Sun because they knew that it was going to be success. Like they knew, <laughs> it's and they're like yeah, we need to, we need one of these or something like that. And it's yeah. just beautiful, um, mm.
0: fantastic song. It really is. Um, you touched upon everything that I wanted to say regarding this song. It's in a class all its own, um, I think, in terms of the 90s as a whole, the genre as a whole, and even Soundgarden as a whole, as you said. Um, it's so distinctive. I mean, the the, the guitar effect that they have, um, the the vocal delivery, the, the way it sounds, uh, whatever effects they use on this thing make it what it is, and they make it really special. And, I mean, no question that this is a top-10 song.
1: Yeah, Coming in at number nine, Allison Chains, and we have off of the nineteen ninety two Dirt album, drum roll, them bones, and this song is phenomenal. Really, really good. It's got the obviously the driving, the driving guitar with the like the classic
0: solo at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you got that like you ascending the- guitar riff that yeah. you know it just keeps rising, and Lane screams. And if you yeah. haven't heard, go on YouTube and and look vocals. up Lane's, Lane's vo- isolated vocals from this song, Um as well as Jerry's isolated harmonies. It really gives you a new appreciation for this band. Yes. But I mean to this kick off a- to kick off the Dirt album, you know, track one, you, know, you drop the needle on this thing, and and you hear Lane scream and that guitar kick in. I mean that that is some heavy heavy stuff. Another song that I think unquestionably deserves its place here in the top 10
1: yeah this was a no-brainer that one's it's such a complete song mm. so complete um number eight coming in number eight the only real grunge band mud honey coming in with our top song 1989 them uh, i'm sorry <laughs> i messed up you got it just because dude just because they have Keep it, it out doesn't of my mean, face yeah um Man, what to say about this song? I think this is the one that we kind of um, gravitated towards pretty early, right? We
0: did. We this really was the did. First,
1: this is our baptism into the Mud Honey Zone. Mm-hmm. And really, and, our uh,
0: baptism into what the spirit of grunge is. Um, I think, like you said, the only real grunge band, which Mud Honey continues to be. And I think this song is the best representative, in my opinion, of grunge. And, yeah. you know, it's. I mean, you could make the case that it could be higher, but I mean, this song is just incredible. I think Mark Arm is one of the greatest talents um, (laughs) to hail from Seattle. Yeah, I mean, just like, you got it, that's enough, you got it, that's right, you got it.
1: You're fucked,
0: keep it out of my face. (laughs) It's I easy. love that. Some, you got you're those fucked. people. That, you know what? You know, just because they have it, they think that everybody wants it. But they
1: think that everybody wants I, it. Yeah, I just don't cause want cause you what everyone can
0: have. Keep it out of my face, dude. Keep it's, it out of my face. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're fucked. I love you're, that. You're yeah. You're fucked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You're fucked. Okay. Number seven.
0: Lucky seven.
1: Number seven coming in the the penultimate Pearl Jam song, Jeremy um Off of 10 1991 this is this is a really solid song. there's like I said there's some fatigue around this you know maybe we uh, at one point didn't want to listen to it anymore but then you come back around you realize just how important this song is. Um, I thought it was uh, clear above um, a lot of the other songs that um, that were on the list just because of the importance, the music video along with it um, this one really seems it just seems like a real, This is just a real track to me. It has like, um, I don't know how, like it's, yeah, it just feels like, maybe it's because about real events and stuff, but it just feels very present every time I listen to it. Yeah,
0: and this is one that I think, you know, hundreds of years from now, if if, uh, anybody goes back and does a post-mortem on the grunge era, I think this song is certainly on the short list of, um, you know, what encapsulates it um and and i wonder you know the airplay that this one got and and the popularity that it had i think a lot of people that listen and especially listen casually or may hear it on the radio or heard it on the radio don't know um the story behind this song you know about jeremy wade dell um and you know it's it's it definitely i wonder if it would have been as popular if people knew um but it's it's certainly um it's it's an incredible and it's an it's an ambitious commentary i think on a tragic event you know the the death of a of a, of a teenager um you know by his own hand uh you know with with a gun and uh i mean what a song though uh in the music video especially too i mean uh critically acclaimed i mean it challenges you and it doesn't shy away from that that difficult yeah. subject matter that the song is written about
1: yeah really deserving of top 10 accolade here yeah um in top six just outside the top five um we have Nirvana's "Lithium." Lithium. <clears throat> Often, never mind. No surprise. Uh, I'm sure you're waiting for this one. Um, again, I just feel like this is just the trio doing what they do best, and like playing like a really full, good hooks, good verses. Like they kind of drop out. It's just bass, and yeah. you know. I mean, very I think, little drums, and then you got Kurt, and you got his yeah. vocals, and it's just oh, and, fun. And when, the, when, the,
0: when the chorus kicks, in, I mean, this is Kurt. Yeah. Kurt uh, this is this is great pop music, uh, in my opinion. I mean, he's a pop. He's pop writing, and it's fucking awesome. And also, I mean, it's pretty cool that you know they they wrote a song after the uh, the title of the Sirius XM station.
1: I know. Can you believe that? <laughs> Can shit? you believe that? <laughs> so it was very um yeah that was that was really nice of them. Yeah, that was really really kind of them. Pay homage. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Nirvana, number six. All right. Number five. This is our, we're entering the top five. There's yeah. only, there's the big four, and then there's someone's getting two, basically. I'll, I'll spoil that now. But this is the final Soundgarden song. This is what we say to be the best Soundgarden song in our list. And we chose Outshined off a of bad motor yeah. finger. And, um, It had to come off of that album for us, you know. It had to be one of those, and uh, this is the one that we came to. Uh, Chris, what? What are your? You know, what's your? I know that you wanted this to be the number one song for sure. You're like, this is this is their best song. So yeah, I I think it it. is.
0: I think it's got everything. Uh, I think you you hear it outshined. You hear hints of what was to come with Super Unknown. and I, I love the lyrics. I love the Chris Cornell stomp live. I mean, yeah. that, that stomp that he's doing. The, the, the I know who gets mystified, you know? Yeah, you get mystified. You know, looking California, feeling Minnesota. Yeah. Um, the the writing, um, I think Ben Shepard on the song's great. Um, I mean, the, the whole band is great on this one. I love the guitar. Um, I just love this song. This is another one, I think. It's it's up there in, in the Jeremy zone of, like, you know, the grunge era. I mean, Outshine, like, sounds like the era to me. Yeah.
1: All right, number four. This song, this song is so special. I I could see this song being like one or two. Like I I really, I really could. Um, Alice in Chains coming in with "Man in the Box." This song, like. I can't believe it's not one, Chris. I know, what <laughs> you the know, hell? We want to know. I am really, get... kind of yeah, like, what the hell, man? How is this not one? Bro, my, my brother in Christ. You made yeah. this list. <laughs> it's us. So, um, this song has it all. This song is so phenomenal. From the solos to the vocals to the screams, um, it just has that. It's just so groovy. I don't get sick of this one, Chris.
0: I do yeah. I don't. I don't either. And, and this is another one. It's like it's in the rooster realm where I mean. Radio plays this all the time. And, and I, I go back to, you know, if you can put yourself back in 1990 with Facelift, I mean, this sounded different from everything else at the time. Um, and it was, you know, the best parts of metal with a little glam and, and maybe a little punk in there too. Yeah. Um, and this one is, I mean, what, what more can you say about it? I mean, anyone listening to this podcast right now knows Man in the Box and they don't have any second guesses about the fact that this is a top five song.
1: Yeah, this is the one that you and go that, to the concert looking to hear so you could yeah. sing it sing your sing your heart out. And yeah, that's and, what you do and it's in the car like you just mm-hmm. you can't just help but yell
0: yeah. with it. And, him. and, oh. and that, that universal consensus that I think right. you know listeners and, and, and fans have about some songs that's the best compliment you can give a song and that's the best um, you know it's the best thing you can say about a song like everybody knows it's place yeah. at the top and, and Lane, I think man in the box is there.
1: And the way that Lane screams, like, it, it just makes you feel so much comfortable to scream with him. Like, you know, yeah. Chris Cornell's doing some of his stuff. Like, you know, you're not going to try. And, <laughs> you can't do that. You, you can't. Yeah, you're not going to get in there with him. Like, yeah. but Lane, like, you just feel like he wants you to sing with him. And
0: I, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, me too. All right, number
1: three. We're coming number with our three. top three here. And it's going to be Pearl Jam. This is our top Pearl Jam song on the list. We're going with Alive. Um This one's hard to ignore. I mean, it's hard not it's hard to let it fall out of the top five, top three. So, um, you know, it's just one of those ones that people anticipate hearing in the concert. Um, Obviously, very extremely successful here on the radio all the time Um, off their first album. It's just a I mean it's just a classic, an instant classic.
0: Yeah, and uh, I love this song for how it sounds and I love this song for what it represents in terms of the scene. Now this song was born of a mother love bone demo and Andrew Wood passes away and, you know, Stone Gosser is left with all of these demos, these unfinished songs. And this was the first song that Eddie Vedder wrote lyrics for, for Pearl Jam. Um, he got the tape and it had the instrumentals, it had the demos of alive once in footsteps. And he goes out as legend has it, uh, you know, goes out to surf and thinks of these lyrics while he's mm. surfing and, you know, writing about his father and the struggles that he had um, with coming to grips with the absence of his biological father and the lies that he was told. And I think this represents so much of what we love about the grunge era, um, both lyrically and sonically. Um, you're writing about heavy, heavy things that are important. And I just love the way this one sounds, all the little details. I always get caught up in the first 10, 15 seconds when, uh, on the studio track when Dave cruisen's drums kick in um, and just like it kind of floats. I mean, that guitar riff and... And 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 the chorus, I mean, and the outro too. I mean, it's 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 so incredible. And, you know, I could maybe see, you know, some other Pearl Jam songs being up here. I I, I wanted to make a strong case for even flow, but you know, when you think about Alive and what it is and, and for me what it represents, I mean it has it has no peers amongst Pearl Jam songs and, and yeah. related to the top songs from, from the era.
1: Yeah, I think this is um well worthy of everything, all the praise that we just said. Mm-hmm. Um, dang, there's one other thing I wanted to say that's escaping me right now, but alas, yeah, this one is is really solid. Everybody loves singing it too, you know? exactly. and I think I, and that's important to have some. Oh, I know what I was going to say. If as ten as an album, um you said I, I wish that you know everybody wished that they were there for certain things and whatnot, but. Um, I wish that I did have the initial impact that Ten had on people. Like I wish I, I wish I could have got that and, and have that initial experience. Of, like this is a band that is just begun, and we have no idea what they're gonna mm-hmm. finish with. But they just gave us this Ten album, you know, yeah, and just this beautiful, like a ton of beautiful tracks. And this is just one mm-hmm. of those that right first album, still one of the top yeah. best songs, and, best um, songs and, ever, and
0: and certainly while while this is very anecdotal uh you know having run the page since 2016 10 seems to be above all of the other albums the one that people have the most memory with and they vividly remember the first time they heard these songs um and you know we we always love that we'll get these long comments of people talking about how they you know they first heard this song while they were road tripping with their brother they heard it on a random radio station in the middle of nowhere and you know the love affair was born and i think that's why this song is significant as well, because of it it represents that passion that people have. And, and certainly Pearl Jam yeah. sells out every concert they still play, you know, 30, 30 thirty-five 30 years later, even almost. And you know, it's because of songs like this.
1: Coming in at number two. Where do we start with this one? So we have Oh my goodness. It's Where very clear. Do we start? It's very clear. It hasn't been talked about yet, but we have Nirvana smells. Like Teen Spirit, obviously never, never mind. Changed the world, changed the way that people consume, you know, music and hits. And um, yeah, this song, it, you know, it speaks for itself. Everyone knows, everyone knows what it did for the music. Everyone knows what it sounds like. It's literally, I mean, the most iconic song on the board. Um, a lot of people's number ones, um, but we didn't put it number one. Because maybe there was a little fatigue, and we thought that you know maybe we're more of a this band over a Nirvana band, so we wanted to make sure that was clear when we made this list. But this song yes. is obviously is
0: yeah just. It, I mean, if if, if if you make a top a top hits list for grunge, if if Teen Spirit's not one, it's two, and if it's not two, you like you need to rethink. Rethink yeah. what's going on. I mean, this song changed everything. Um, we all know it. Um, I think sometimes you you forget about it because it's such like a stone cold fact that like Teen Spirit lit the world on fire and brought, you know, for better or for worse, this absolutely massive tidal weight of attention to Seattle. And you know, it had its it had its positive and negative consequences. But I think few songs changed a musical landscape more than Smells Like Teen Spirit did as it related to the grunge scene, the Seattle scene, and music in the 1990s as a whole. Um, this one is hands down one of the most significant songs maybe ever written.
1: That brings us to the final number song.
0: One. Uh, the
1: number one. The number one track in the Grunge Bible Top 100 list.
0: The top and, song according to Grunge Bible. And
1: there's only one way I know to bring this in, and it's by just simply saying, Know me broken by my master, teach thee on child of love hereafter into the flood again. Yeah. Same old I trip mean, it was back then, Chris. You already so knew. Number yeah, we one made song. made a big mistake. Alice in Chains, Wood off of dirt. What more can you say? Exactly. This yeah. is the best one. This is the top song.
0: Yeah, it, it absolutely is. <laughs> I, I think most people um, who clicked on this knew that this was coming um, and it should come as no surprise. And beyond, you know, beyond the memery of it. I mean, this one is, I think it's Alice in Chains' best song. It's got everything that you love about the band, everything the band did well. Um, it's just utterly fantastic. It's also, it's the only song that we've done an entire episode on. Um, we've never dedicated another Grunge bible podcast episode just to one Very song true. um and you knew this was coming um we've spoken about it we speak about it every week um we many other people speak about it every week because of it um and it's just uh yeah it's enduring in ways that you know in ways that n- the 98 other songs on this list aren't in my opinion i think i think wood and teen spirit rise above everything else yeah
1: yeah this one um I know that we've built it up a lot and we've obviously built up all the, the fandom around it and the, and the love within our community. But, um, even before that, I mean, people, it's, it's, it worked because people love it so much and Mm -hmm. it really is an admiration for this one. Um, I think it's relatable. I think the, into the flood again, same old trip. I mean, you can apply that to so many different things and, uh, you know, there was no surprise. We had to do it. We had to put it number one. But we also wanted to. We we really do like it. We're Alice in Chains guys. At the end of the day, um, we're happy that they have two songs in the top four. I can see Man in the Box and Wood being ahead of Teen Spirit in my, on my personal list. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, dude, this is um this is the only way to finish this top 100 list. So that's exactly what we did.
0: Yeah this is where we had to end up all of our work over the last 100 episodes has been hurling us towards this moment in time. And now yeah, we're here. I
1: totally, I totally agree. Yeah. This is the buildup of all hundred episodes.
0: <laughs> Feels good. So
1: yeah, Chris, how does it feel now? that? So talking about the list as a whole, we just went through a ton. There's a lot. We've been talking for about two, two and a half hours or so. Um, and if you're still with us, congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. you are an absolute trooper so yeah. thank you but uh chris body of work uh overall what do you give it out of, out of 10 out oh, of 100 man. if you
0: want our personal grade towards ourselves or yep. yeah I've given us a nine like we we I think we did a really really good job i think
1: with we this did a, yeah I think we did a good yeah. job i think Make i remember we list. we went through and we cut the songs and we had the list and we reordered them once and then we went back through and like we barely made any like review and edits. Like we're just like, you know what, this is like really solid. I'm, I'm happy with this. This Mm -hmm. can, this can live.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and I think it is, it's illuminating, um, you know, for a lot of songs and bands that you've normalized yourself towards. Um, and it's also, it's inspiring, uh, because you remember just the talent and, and the amazingness that occurred at the time. Um, and yeah, I, I really, appreciate this exercise that we did and um i'm happy that we did it um, because now now we have it we have our list and you know at this point we're ripe fans of the genre we're not newbies um and i i, I think this is a list that we can be proud of and uh we hope that everybody enjoyed listening to our selections and, and hearing why um, we made the selections you know we thought about um, how we wanted to present this list and if we wanted to um, just list them and then cherry pick the ones we wanted to talk about. But I mean, with, with hundred songs, your, your top hundred songs, you, you got to give each of them their due. And I'm glad that yep. we gave, we gave these special songs their place and gave them space um, to be discussed. And there's a lot of songs that we discussed today that we haven't discussed on this show before. So um, there's multiple purposes that this served. And I, I really couldn't be happier that we did it.
1: So if you're out there and you're listening and uh, you have a praise for putting a song on the list or a, you know, disapproval for letting something off. Uh, you can let us know. Please mm-hmm. please comment, engage, share, share the list with some people. Um, and let's find out from the people if we did a good job. Yeah,
0: absolutely. We
1: think that, but like, you know, it doesn't matter what we think. We need to know if if the people out there, you know, if, if we can rival, you know, spin magazines, top 100 or, or paste, Vulture, or Vulture, yeah, Vulture
0: any of them. Yeah. Um I think, I think, think can go head, it was head, an honorable head, pursuit. Still. And, um, yeah, additionally, you know, Ethan, uh, thank you, uh, for everything that, uh, you've helped us accomplish together the last hundred episodes. Um, this has been a really yeah. fun aspect of our friendship. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, we, we've grown in a lot of weird and unexpected ways through this. And it's at the end of the day, selfishly, it is such a cool way, um, you know, guaranteed time to spend with one of my best friends every week, which is really special. And I think that's something that, you know, when the last episode's said and done and, you know, we, we move on from this shit, that's the thing I'm going to be most happy about.
1: Yeah. You never know. You might even miss it when it's gone. So. Yeah. But that's mm. why we do it. I'm, I'm very thankful of, again for you and for everything you've done the past 100 episodes and all of this. Um, it has been a very fun endeavor. And um, having it culminating with this right now is pretty cool. Yeah. I know our two year birthday comes in like a couple, couple in about weeks. a month right now, but um, episode 100 is special. And uh, it is. Yeah, this
0: is pretty cool. This so, is the right way to do it. Thank so. you. Thank you to everyone who is still listening for your support at every single point along the way. Also massive. Thank you to Drew McFadden, our producer. Um, this is a, uh, this is a three headed monster here. It's not just Ethan and myself. It's, it's Drew McFadden and, and without him, it wouldn't matter what we did. So massive thank you to Drew. um, really means a lot. And, and I echo those same sentiments, um, you know that I feel towards you, Ethan, towards Drew. You know it's just a really cool opportunity to to spend time and, and communicate with yeah. with great friends. Yeah.
1: Easily the one of the so. best best parts about the project. Absolutely. So for today, we are obviously going to skip the songs of the week. There's we have no a playlist. We just gave playlist you a list of
0: the lifetime.
1: And we have yeah, we have a playlist, but we also made a playlist of the top 100. So Chris took the time, put saying, together yeah. a playlist. It's going to be live. Um, public access when the podcast drops on Monday today. So uh, go over to it'll be on it'll be on the page on the story. Um, so go look for that, and uh, you'll be able to listen through these songs and and exactly you know find have be able to find the songs that we're talking about easily all in one place. Shoot, if we could have in you know if we could have a radio station for the weekend of july 4th i'd play this list this would you know be I, I would it would be fun to play it and talk about it that would be pretty cool chris yeah
0: who knows maybe one day
1: and then lastly um we talked about in the beginning but if you'd like to support us please head over to patreon and consider um, donating a few dollars because there's potential we did record uh one of the um settings or one of the sittings that we did to kind of narrow down our list and talk. So there may be some behind the scenes action coming on there. Um if you'd like to hear us kind of a little bit even even more raw and unfiltered, um, it'll be there at some point. So
0: Absolutely That's all I got, Chris. Yeah. I'm spent. That's, that's all I have too. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty tired too. So um thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Drew. Uh thank you everyone else out there who's listening. Um this was a lot of fun and um just really grateful to spend this time with everybody, um, over the last 100 episodes. So top 100 is in the books. We did it. We did it. Now we need to figure out what we're going to do for the rest of
1: our time on the podcast. The beat the next goes on, episodes. Ethan. <laughs> All right, same, guys, same rock and roll. Trip. Thank you so much. Same old trip it was back then. Exactly.
0: Take care, everybody.
1: Be well.